hey guys, brand new podcast, and it's a fucking banger. I am leaving today for Colorado. Thank you, everyone who bought tickets. Thank you, everyone who sent me nice messages on Instagram and to the my old phone number about my insecurities about saying that the show sold out. Uh, I'm not insecure about that anymore. I'm very proud to say it sold out. And thank you very much for those messages. They are, they were well received and they meant a lot to me. Red Rocks is sold out. I can't fucking wait. I can't fucking wait. Uh, next show after that's Vegas mid month. And then we start the tour hardcore uh, Augusta, Georgia, um, Montgomery, Alabama, Atlanta. We've added shows in Atlanta. I got to remember, I, I forgot, I got to be on tour mind where I can tell you all my dates coming up. Forgot about tour mode. It's been a while, people. I can't wait to get back on the road. Uh, yeah, so find me on tour. New Two Bears, One Caves out. That's it, really. Oh, and we're bringing back open tabs. There should be a new open tabs out this week, correct, Halston? Yep. So open tabs, if you don't know, is a show I used to do where I just kept all the tabs of all the stuff I watched throughout the weekend, and I kept them open, and and I just shared with you what I learned and what I watched, introduced you to some cool YouTube channels, introduced you to some cool Instagram things that you may not already know of, and hopefully laugh my fucking dick off once. If I can get one hard laugh out of all of these videos that I put sharing in open tabs in that hour, then it's worth it. And if I can get you to laugh four times, then I fucking, I fucking made the master sauce. Um, <clears throat> let's see, what time is it? I have physical therapy in 30 minutes, so let's get on with it. Today's episode is awesome. I'm a huge fan of this guy's. I'm a huge fan of the way this guy's brain works. Today's guest is Van Neistat, uh, the brother to Casey Neistat, um, but a, a completely fascinating and interesting man, completely separated from his brother. I don't think we talked about his brother once in this podcast. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Um, but he is amazing. He has got a uh, YouTube page called The Spirited Man. And it is, I mean, just to watch this guy's brain work is so fascinating. He is a such an interesting, interesting, interesting dude. And if if nothing, I hope you listen to this podcast and end up on his YouTube page. Because his YouTube page is, I mean, he makes amazing videos. Very different than his brother. Very different than anyone is making YouTube pages, page, uh, videos these days at all. He is taking, so many people do the same thing where they vlog their life. Myself included, myself included, by the way, myself included, that their YouTube pages, their podcast and their vlog. And 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 my vlog was very much like anyone else's. It was an ego-based vlog, wanting to show the cool coolest parts of my life, thinking that you would think I was more cool and then you'd want to come to my shows. Van has no interest in you thinking he's cool. I don't think so at all. He just shows you what he does and what he likes and the way he works and the way he solves problems. The way he solves problems is so fucking genius. I've, I've since, I've changed the way I operate because of Van. I do certain things where I go, this whole thing is rigged a certain way because of Van. I, I can't say enough great things about him but more importantly, I'm going to have him back on the podcast um, because we didn't get to cover everything. It was I think we only had like, how long was it, two hours? I think an hour and a half or we had, something. We had an hour and a half, and I think I had to leave for something. But I'm going to have him back on the podcast because he is absolutely just one of the most artistically brilliant men I've I've ever had the joy of meeting. I mean, just, 
he is a he is an independent soul. He is a distinct voice. He is what when you watch this is how I want to say it. When you see uh, a guy like Chappelle or or Burr or Segura or Joey Diaz or John Mulaney, when you see them on stage and there's there's no one like them, and that's why you like them. Oh, or maybe Bert, <laughs> and you like them, and you and that's what you like about them. That's what I like about Van Neistat. Is there's nothing, there's no one like him in the world. We talk about his his first teacher, right? The guy that kind of got, taught him how to operate and build. It's a fucking. We talk about um, his favorite brands because he's 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 a guy who falls in love with things and then that is his thing like he has one pencil that he uses his youtube channel is van v-a-n-n-e-i-s-t-a-t but it's titled the spirited man and uh and you will absolutely love it you will absolutely love him i hope you enjoy the podcast and i like i said i will have him back i will have him back it is two hours i just checked it's a two-hour podcast it's a two-hour podcast so oh yeah i hope you enjoy it ladies and gentlemen without further ado my friend Van Neistat. This is Liquid Death is water we got sent on the tour bus, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they had sparkling water. I'm a big Tito's and soda drinker. And, and the way you just drank it is the reason I like with Liquid Death. Yeah. Is I can fucking murder it because of the delivery system. You're a delivery system type guy. The way your brain yeah. works, I, I can see. I have so much I want to talk to you. First of all, huge fucking fan. I've been a fan of your brothers for a ridiculous amount. I did a podcast with them and literally fawned over how much he changed my business. The part of the things that one of my most fascinating parts of your brother is just about all of your personality. And that is your guys' attention to detail, attention to organization, attention to to making things your own, putting your own thumbprint on every aspect of your life. And it is, you know, when when he came out, when you came out with your podcast, I, of course, as a fan of Casey's, I go, I'm gonna check it out. And then all of a sudden, I fucking fell in love with the way your brain works. It really is fascinating. Pull up his YouTube channel so I have reference for everything. I have a bunch of questions, but I, but, but there's, there's a lot I just want to talk about. And, and you're open and honesty. You're like the last video. I just watched a video. Uh, cocaine is a horrible drug. I have so many questions about that because at no point the the whole fucking video. I'm going. Is he on cocaine in this video? Is he on cocaine? But I love the fact that you're posting videos from this Baja trip you shot probably 18 years ago. So no, 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I, all of a sudden I'm going. Yeah, man, this is great. I love seeing. <laughs> I almost want to see on the fly interviews with the guys that are. And what are they doing now? Because the one guy with the beautiful hair that it tells you that. He's like, I wouldn't go to Baja. The guy said, if you have kids, I wouldn't go unless you have a kid to carry on your name. And you're like, well, I go, what that? What's that beautiful haired man doing these days? But delivery systems, your brain, your brain sees the world as that's not working. That wasn't fine tuned. I'm going to make it better to work for me. When did you notice that start happening in, in, in your life? Okay. I think it's probably, I've always had it. Yeah. The problem, I don't know if Casey got in. I listened to your uh, podcast with Casey. It was terrific. Well, and tell like, me what I, I learned stuff yeah. about. Like he filled me on stuff about like him and Candace that I didn't know about. Yeah. And um, I think it began because we grew up in a house where, you know, we had good parents. And um, 
but it was we're Gen Xers. So everything was broken and we were on our own and the tools to fix the broken things were also broken. Yes. So I think success, I, you know, like, you know, you chase success for a reason. You don't get where you are without some kind of compulsive, some compulsion that you can draw strength from. Yes. And I don't know what it is that keeps us going for so long. I know what it is that makes people burn out at 27, but I don't know what it is that were people in their late 40s, 50s, Seinfeld in his 60s, keeping it going. And I think to me, success became a very strange, like an ability to move throughout space without knocking things over. And I don't mean that metaphorically. No. Because I'm like a clumsy person. No, yeah. And then everything working properly. But because I haven't had the resources to pay for things to be working properly, I just out of necessity. And I do have a natural gift to fix things. You have and an, make things right. Right. It comes from my grandfather. Is it your grandfather? Yeah, on my mother's side. See, your your lineage, I all I can think of are the people you wanted to be on the Mayflower with. <laughs> like you're you're you have a your my wife's family has it too. My yeah. wife's dad is is just a handy motherfucker. He he broke his thumb really bad and then he just fixed a splint to fix his own thumb mm. so that he could use it because mm. he was like ah, I'm, I'm too old to go get it fucking fixed i'll just fix it myself but so he's crazy. but his obsession oddly enough is with outboard motors oh yeah he loves the design of out and he collects outboard motors that is my inheritance is outboard motors from the beginning of outboard motors mm. he has a warehouse full of outboard motors and certain ones just Tickle his fancy, and he's like, Evan oh, Rude Seahorse, shit. Yeah. Johnson Seahorse, Johnson Seahorse. He's just yeah. a. I'm gonna write things down as we go because I have. I never do this with people, but I have a list of things that I feel like are, are things that I'm dying to know. So if I'm going to my phone, I'm not texting. I'm just writing down things okay. I want to ask you. Cool. Um, so what? So you you have another brother. There's three of you. Yes. I fucking just heard on the podcast. You're like, I think it's my brother Denny or something. And I was like, what the fuck? Dean, Dean, Dean. And I go, yeah. There's a third. What's this guy do? Dean's on his second career. His first career, he was a jet pilot in Afghanistan and Iraq. <laughs> and, okay, so he has all this classified stuff, and he doesn't divulge classified stuff. He's a captain in the Air Force. And uh, I watched that movie. What's the movie with Tom Hanks? And it's, this is my book now. Uh, captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. So I'm watching that, and my brother's jet is in the movie. And it's the jet that the SEALs, like, run out the back of with their, like, um, raft and like yeah. parachute out um, of. Yeah, yeah. And I said to him, I said, I know, Dean, you can't tell me, you can't tell me things because they're classified. But in that movie, um, he was like, I was directly involved with that operation, which means he was flying that so, jet. So he's, that the, those so he's guys the oldest, off. I'm guessing, right? He's the youngest. He's the youngest. He's the youngest. So you the, the house went to hell. Like my parents got divorced and they split up. He was like on his own from like age 14. And he was witnessing like that, you know, when, when a couple breaks up, it's, it's like, if you're a child, it's like the most horrific thing to witness. Cause all of the innocence and everything is just gone. Shattered. You and see your parents as humans all of a sudden. They like moved. And my brother Dean, like illegally went to the school where he grew up, like in a district, different district, like across the river, 10 miles away, like figured out how to buy a car, figured out how to like get it registered, licensed, drove there. 
from a little age, because he's the youngest, so we had all of our lessons. Casey had already moved out of the house. I had already moved out of the house. Jordan, Casey's probably got sister, a kid at the time, I'm guessing. He had a kid not when he was quite, young, right? Not quite. Yeah. Not quite. He's like two years away from having okay. a kid. And uh, yeah, and so he just had to figure it out. So the military was like very intelligent for him because one, they paid for college. He went to University of South Carolina. And uh, two, the structure. And then he has that brain. He has, he's very blessed. He has this, he has the creative brain that we have, that Casey and I have, but he also has the structural brain and the systems navigation brain. Oh, wow. So like he would go after, even after he was in the Navy, or I'm sorry, in the Air Force, he'd be like, oh yeah, I just got back from such and such concert at, at um, Madison Square Garden. And I got front row seats like, how, it's been sold out for a year. How did you do it? And he's like, well, I've talked to the guy and he's got all the IDs and he's got all the things. Anyway, he's a fucking Hollywood stunt man now. Oh my God. That's his job. Like he like jumps out of cars, jumps off of buildings and he gets to do all this cool, like car training and flipping cars and racing cars and sliding cars. And yeah, that's Dean. Whatever, whatever your parents did or didn't do to you guys was the perfect amount to raise men. Because there's something I, I get from you. I, I get it from Casey, uh, obviously. But there's something I get from you, which is a, I hope this comes out correctly, but a a political innocence in that you you strike me as someone who does not see sexuality, race, color, creed. You just seem like a person who sees people as people and has an eclectic group of friends. You strike me as that. Don't you think that's a Gen X thing? Oh, I think so. I think so. But I also think that I know a lot of dudes who are Gen X that, how about this? I think I know what you're saying. It's Gen X for people that are aware of what Gen X is. Mm. There are people that I grew up with that are very hardcore Republican. Yeah. That, and I'm not shitting on Republicans. It's a lot. The majority of my friends growing up, hardcore will not get vaxxed Republicans. Mm-hmm. They won't let their children get vaxxed. And they're, they think it's a, that, that, that Biden administration created this. And it's, and, and you just start going, Man, you you and I are best friends. Like you can't you can't be that far off. Like like <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. how where's our middle ground these days? Like, don't get me wrong. I have a definite opinions about where the left has gone wrong, but it's not that far off. And so, I, I see a lot of people, but you're there's a purity to you that I and I, and I don't know where I drew it, but I'm, as I'm watching your videos, there is a real honest representation representation of who you are put out to the world and any of your flaws are already out there and 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 i i I really come away and i binge watched you when i was in serbia i binge watched you i watched all the videos and then i ran out and i got frustrated and i was like and i was like god damn it i need i need this more often yeah but it's i i don't know it's it's you just that's the way you strike me and i and i and not everyone strikes me that way um but but whatever your parents did they raised I mean, I only know two of you, but there's two, four of us. There's, who's the fourth? My sister. Oh, wow. What's she, she was do? the first one to get to LA. Really? Yeah. And she's, um, she's like a career gal. So she worked like when we were like, when she was just out of college, she worked for the company that owns Sharpie and she was like in marketing there. And then she worked for, um, I can't remember the company, but it was a tool company that made, um, vice grips. That was amazing. You're a big vice grip guy. She gave us like blades, like jigsaw blades, tons, every size vice grip you needed. Um, And then now she's in very smartly. I think she's working in nutrition. She's like a nutritionist that like designs diets and so forth. So, 
And she's very new into that, but I think she's doing very well. Before we get too far into what I want to talk about with you and your journey and where you've been, and I want to go through the decades and I want to hear your stories of mm. decades of where you were. I always think that's interesting. That, like when you go Burt 90s, I go college. That's I was at Florida State. I was yeah. a frat boy. We're the t- same. You were two yeah. years apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to know about your favorite brands. Cause you're a guy okay. who who see from what I understand, you find something you like, and then that's your thing like pencils you have a certain pencil that you love and you don't fucking veer from that pencil (laughs) there are certain uh, you know when one of my favorite videos of of father's day i was you building a lamp for your father and i loved it and i sent it to my girls and they just wrote back good luck and i was like (laughs) and then my other daughter wrote why don't you have him build you one and i was like it was such a great but there are brands like it seems to me like the 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 toyota forerunner or a land cruiser is your car yep but so go, let's go through some brands that you love and I'll, and I'll go back. Let's go back to the politics thing though. Okay, Not please. right now, yeah, no, no, yeah. but eventually let's circle back because yeah. I think it's really important. And I think what you, I think our role as people who have command of the public's attention is we really have to try just, just bring people together. And you guys, the, the standups to me are the most important artists around right now, because one, you have diplomatic immunity to talk about the way that you guys address race is to find little f- differences and then point out how funny and ridiculous yeah. they are. That is the appropriate way to deal with race differences yeah. because they are trivial, they're they're meaningless, and they're funny. Yeah. Oh, I feel the same way. We'll talk about it now. I feel the same way about. Uh, I feel the same way about all things when it comes political. I feel honesty is the best thing. But I, at a certain point in my career, I decided I don't want anyone walking out of my show going well my night sucks now and i and i i remember i had a joke i had a joke that i i was working on that i i thought was really good and uh and this black chick came up to me and she was like we were in dc and she was like hey huge fucking fan and i was like oh thanks and she was like i just gotta let you know like that one joke you have and i was like yeah and she goes i don't think you're doing it right and i went (laughs) what do you mean and she goes well i want you to understand what i say but when i heard it it kind of makes me feel less than human. And I went, whoa, that's not my intention. She goes, I know. That's why I'm telling you. She was like, and I and I explained why I wrote it the way I did. And she went, I get that. But I know what your intention is when you get on stage and you're not representing your intention right. And I went, you're completely right. She goes, so definitely, if you need to workshop it because you think it'll get better, do what you got to do. I'm just letting you know. Tonight when you told it, I realized you were not meeting your intention. And mm. I went, fuck, that's a good point. And then I started going, with my standup, I was like, are there jokes that I'm that I'm taking an easy angle on or I'm mm. taking too hard of an angle on to try to find the brilliant way where maybe that isn't my intention? My intention is to simply make sure everyone that bought a ticket has a great time. I, I want to challenge people. I, I'm going to break a few eggs to make the omelet, but I want to make sure everyone has a good time, number one. Mm. I want them, and I don't want anyone to spend their money. And, and I remember there was a, there was a joke. Uh, there was a, I remember one time I was on stage in Chicago and there was a guy, someone in the audience was a predominantly black crowd and someone in the audience, I was like, what else are we going to talk about? And someone goes, tell a joke about retards. And I was like, and what I'd known is my daughter, Isla's dyslexic. And I, and I, and which is not obviously anything remotely parallel, but I said, you know, look, here's the deal. I, I, uh, I, I don't really do that because I have a child that, you know, has some, has some behavioral issues. And I, and all I know is that if you love the fuck out of something mm. and then I come up here and trash the thing you love, mm. that would ruin someone's night. And I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. I get done. This dude's fucking six, seven. He's got hands like bananas yeah. and he comes up, he goes, Hey, 
you just missed a fucking ass beating by this much tonight. And I go, uh, what? And he goes, I got a son who's uh, got special needs. Oh, right. And if you had fucking said a word, I would have beaten the fuck out of you. But hey, thank you for saying what you said. You made me feel like normal. Yeah. Walks out and his wife comes up. His wife's a dime, right? Yeah. She was like, you made him, he won't even talk about what's going on in our family right now. You made him feel so good. Thank you. And I walked out and I went, by the way, if we're going to be honest, I just didn't have any of those jokes also. So yeah. like I didn't have one. So I needed an out, right? Why not take the noble out? But I, after that conversation with that guy, I was like, all right, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to go that angle. Yeah. And so, but I think that's what, what is important is like, is bringing people together and making sure that people have a good time. And, and, and what's going on in our country is making sure that even if you tell a joke about guns or gun control, that you find both sides of that narrative and marry them yeah. so that everyone's feeling included. I think, I don't know. Yeah. You're, um, what's, there's that documentary out about, um, it's about the, basically about the algorithms that just keep us clicking. Rogan talks about it yeah, all the time. I, saw, I, I think I saw it. it. I think I saw it. I can't remember it. It's on, uh, the, the social. Yeah. It's social yeah. dilemma. Social yeah. dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. And Dude, those algorithms, I wish I could change my fucking algorithm. There's no, the conspiracy is not. Like there is no conspiracy of a group of men or women sitting around a table saying, we'll do this. The conspiracy is in with is within us and we click on sensational things and we click on things that get our, you know, adrenaline going and, You're right. and it's outrage and that's what's happening. And it's just in the, like that one scary guy who's, whose job at Facebook was to monetize Facebook. That's what he did. And he was like, we could turn the dials to make Facebook do anything. And we just cranked all the dials to make it make the most amount of money that it could make. It's fucking brilliant. I mean, if you look at my, if you look at my Google news, it's quite often, it's most of the stuff I hate because mm. I guess the stuff I hate, I click on the oh, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I tried to change it. I have a buddy named Ari Shafir who started Googling puppies like crazy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, more I puppy know stuff would yeah, come yeah, in his yeah. feed. And I was just like, that's fucking genius. Yeah. And so now I'll go fewer like this or more like this. One of the things I want to do, this is a sidebar, but I'm always stunned at that female celebrities can get in the news for posting a picture of themselves in bikinis. Mm. It's like Charlize Theron stuns in red bikini poolside. Yes. And I'm like, I would love that to be my news. Like yeah, for people yeah. to be like, Burke Kreischer stuns in a speedo poolside with but didn't his kids. you do that with your dance i guess i did but yeah. i guess I don't, I don't pop up enough i don't know yeah but what were your parents were your parents you guys grew up in new hampshire no can i was born in maine yeah um and then when i was very little my mother moved as like i was born to she was basically a single mom she we have different parent uh fathers casey and me and the rest of them have a different yeah. fathers they have barry neistat who adopted me when i was like five and i have his name obviously um, and then my father's this dude up in Maine that I've met once that I made a movie about it. And it was like the pilot for the HBO series that Casey nice, that and I did. Yeah. yeah. And um, but she was a single mom. She institutionalized my biological father because he was crazy. And uh, well, he, I mean, I shouldn't say that. It's very insensitive. So he had mental illness and he was institutionalized. And I, I believe he got better, but she got full custody of me. Yeah. And then moved me into this little town in Connecticut called New London. And she was a waitress and my dad sold restaurant supplies. And then, you know, how that goes. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And so I grew up in Connecticut. And then when I was legally able, I've left that place because it's not for like young people. So wait, what was the, what was the impetus for you leaving? And how old were you? Were you like 
17? It was a very small town. I was 18. I went to college. I went to West Virginia for two years and then William and Mary in Virginia for two years. I Didn't loved, graduate. I loved West Virginia. I went to a party there. Yeah. There was a band called Charlie's on Acid that okay. I fucking loved. Morgantown. Yeah. I were you loved. in college? I was in college when I went there. So was, um, who was, was a major? Oh, oh, what was his name? He had like, his first name was like a military rank like major the quarterback for the football team for who for, for wvu oh i've uh oh i know who you're talking about yeah type that in quarterback 90s uh west virginia yeah we used to play you guys every year yeah uh, fsu yeah i mean you guys were you there for charlie ward i was oh my god it was amazing and then charlie. he went into the nba it's such a brilliant brilliant move he played so long in the nba compared to he would maybe or may not would have had a career you look at so many quarterbacks that went in Charlie Ward was, I've never experienced the confidence I feel sometimes when I go on stage, mm. when I feel very confident. I, I've often, I go on stage, I go, this is going to go pretty good. Like mm. there's going to be some new stuff. I'll learn stuff. But like, I felt that the only correlation I've ever felt was Charlie Ward on third and long. You just knew he'd convert. There was a weird thing about Charlie Ward where like anytime he had the ball in his hands, good things were going to happen mm -hmm. he was such an amazing talent yeah him and did you find it halston halston's not a big sports guy he's never going to find it i felt bad for the guys rooting against him i fucking hated florida i still hate <laughs> florida and uh because i'm from connecticut and they would beat uconn yeah you know in the final four like every year when i was in college now uconn's pretty amazing major harris, major harris. yeah that was it the uh so you, so then college for two years, college for another two years, college. And then I just didn't graduate. There's, you know, there's all those, there's all those dots you need to connect. You can't just take classes that you like with professors that you like, you have to. And then I just like ran out of money and all the like financial aid and all that stuff. Although it was a lot easier to get financial aid back then. What's fascinating, it was a lot cheaper too. What's fascinating about this conversation I just realized is technologically, I will track with you. Yeah. Like technologically, we both had the same did and like, when you were in how college, old were you when you sent your first email uh wow well that's where we're technologically different because i'm a little bit of a a, a a a old person when it comes to that i got i sent my first email when i was 25 years old i was 22 it was the same year it's probably the same year Yeah, probably yeah i remember <laughs> yeah. they said to us they sent us home from school and they said your your job today is to send your thing you just wrote send it in an email mm. and i was like how, how do we do that and she was like well you wrote it on your computer, right? And I said, yeah. She goes, well, cut and paste it. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Did How you do have I... to use Pegasus Mail? I, no, that no I used thing? Prodigy. Oh, okay. Prodigy was my server, what I had. I know yeah. I, yeah, no, no, no. It was, so wait. So I, I had an, a Florida State email account. So mm. I said to her, I said, okay, what do I do? And she goes, go into your document, cut and paste it. And I go, cut and paste what? Like, how do I, yeah. you want me to cut it out of, how do I cut something out of the, the computer? She goes, you're going to find a cut button. And this is part of the, the thing you got to figure this out i yeah. was like i mean four hours <laughs> four hours on a computer and yeah. bringing my roommates up and they're like i don't get computers and and then i had to find my e i had an email address at florida state i didn't understand i didn't understand it so much that i thought no one will in their right minds will ever use this technology it's way too crazy yes, yes. that's what people that's what i i think that the millennial starting with the millennial generation they don't realize how many paradigms we had to adopt to because i remember it started out it was apple 2 
which was a whole OS where you had to type in commands. Yeah. And then it went to Macintosh. And there was one lady in the entire school district, Mrs. Bell, and she had the 1984 Macintosh. One for the entire district. And she would bring it around. She taught computer science, but it was once a month. One two-hour class a month. And this is the device that is going to be ubiquitous in the world. And we're all going to have it in our pockets. But we didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And I remember when she was like, oh, and I was like, whoa, 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 this is the new computer. And it's easier than the old computer. Because usually it's like, oh, the new, more sophisticated thing is more difficult. And then the schools switched to Apple. And I was like, I'm home free. It's just you turn, you take the little arrow, you click on the things. And then this was around the time when Apple almost went out of business and they were getting super crazy. They flipped and went back to DOS IBM machines because it was the school district. They couldn't buy the latest Windows, whatever. And I don't even think it was, it wasn't 95. I'm talking about in the 80s. Oh yeah. Late 80s. And when I was in fourth grade, I did, I learned computer programming. I learned- Logo. Yeah, whatever it was, I learned- Basic, where you make the little thing draw a square and it took like a half an hour to draw, to write in. If you made one mistake- so they brought in DOS. They said, oh, we're going, we're not doing the Macintosh thing anymore. We're going to do DOS. And I remember just sitting, I was in ninth grade and I remember just sitting and I said, I will not learn this. I don't care what the consequences are. I will not learn this. If this is what it takes to do whatever my dream is, then I, so long. Do you know how many times? And I was right. <laughs> yeah. But if you, <laughs> but if you did that with email, Oh, I did it. I went way too long. Like I did it with everything. I always looked at technology as something to fight against. I sat with a guy. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Now we're cooking. You ready for this? I sat with a guy one time who sat me down and he said, I want to teach something that's going to change your career. Yeah. He goes, take a look at my computer. And he showed me a, 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 showed me a thing called MySpace. And he goes, what I do is I communicate with my fans and I, and I'm telling you, it's really a, a, uh, it's it's gonna change everything this is how we're gonna work as comics and i was like good fucking luck cut to like two weeks later i'm snorting coke with these guys in venice and they're all have their computers out i'm like what are you fucking nerds doing and they're like oh we're programming and i was like what do you mean programming and they're like we work for a company called myspace i go my buddy dane cook just told me about myspace and they're like dane's really big on myspace they're like you should fucking join and i was like good luck nerds I was like, I'm going to do some Coke and fucking have a good time. Because we wanted the old romantic stuff. It was like when the digital stuff came out, when the digital cameras and video cameras and editing came out, I felt like such a sellout because the real, to make it you, if you had made it, if you had wrote a script or something, you get to work with the old Panavision film canisters. You didn't want to be state of the art. You wanted to be. You wanted to be like Spielberg. You wanted to be like every filmmaker ever. It's with like the thirty-five it's like the scene millimeter in Boogie film. Nights when everyone's just shooting on tape. They're like, "No, yeah. we just shoot all day." Yeah. And Jack's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. So we're not. And then he's like, "Just fuck them and suck them." Yeah. And I really, honestly, felt like that. And I push back from texting. I push back from cell phones. Mm-hmm. I push back. Me too. I was late to all these parties. All these parties. I remember my buddy Obi was telling me he goes, "One day on the internet, you're gonna get your groceries delivered to you." I was, I just started comedy and I was like, that will never happen. I will never not go to a grocery store. He goes, no movies. He goes, I'm not telling, this is 2000, probably 2000 when he's telling me this. Yeah. He goes, movies, uh, your groceries, your shopping. I go, so, so you're telling me I won't try on a shoe. Yeah. I'll just buy a shoe and it'll get They're just going to steal your credit card. Yeah, number. I, yeah. You get some Russian guys gonna steal your credit card number, is, max your thing out, and you're gonna you're never gonna do it again. I ended up right. We're all sitting in a living room. We're all drinking and partying, and I'm laughing. And I and they go, 
you are the caveman who's going, so wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You're telling me this wheel's going to change everything. Right. I'm going to take my wheel right. to the river. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm, this will never happen. And then cut to, I have not gone to a store in 17 months mm. to buy anything. Mm. I only buy offline. Yeah. I, and it's like so nice to go. I know that I'm a, 12, a size 13 in Nike. I'm going to know that I'm a size 12 in Adidas. Yeah. I know that my running shoe, I'm a size 12 and a half in Asics. Yep. I know what socks I like and I just get them sent. My Rogaine gets sent to me. I get my liquid desk dropped off by my front door. Like I, there's certain things I just, and then I know that I have my things lined up that I like. Mm-hmm. And I, the only place I've say I've yet to, I've yet to, fall uh to my orders is weed i still go to a fucking dispensary yeah. right? there's something really romantic it's very romantic <laughs> i remember the first time i did that it was downtown la and you went up and it was kind of hard to get to and it was up on like a mezzanine and i went in and there's like a caged area and a guy standing there with a gun and yeah. he's not a cop <laughs> and there was like behind bulletproof glass and you slid your weed id and your driver's license id yep. and you were like on some kind of list <laughs> and then you just waited in the waiting room one person walked out you walked in and you got your own barista who is a beautiful woman yes with like beautiful like the sexiest kind of woman with the you know tattoos and the kind of chick that you'd go this is the girl I want to sit and watch my so-called life, all of the episodes with her as she packs bowls with her thumb. Oh, like the kind of girl that they made Christina Pajinski into for that special with the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was her? What did they call her? Christi, Christi, Tina, 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 Tina. And um, yeah, that was a beautiful experience and that was romantic. I don't, I, I lost my train of thought. Something about going into a weed, dispensary was so beautiful and, and it's oh right yeah and then um i don't know but we were talking i went about, to my first we dis- my first dispensary oh. was in in colorado yeah and it was you know it's got to be early oh and it was better than amsterdam that's where i was oh, that was, was gonna way be better line. our dispensaries like, are so better much than better than, than amsterdam. this is better than amsterdam amsterdam you go in they go like they go we got four types of weeds and you see a little nugget as opposed to my first place in colorado the guy opened up a trash can full of weed took the top of it and wafted it like he was a barista like do you take a smell of that and i'm like motherfucker i go what how much weed is that he's like five pounds yeah and i'm like holy shit dude it's i'll tell you and, and i don't even really smoke i don't really even smoke that much mm. but something about dispensaries i it's very romantic i agree and i think it's because we grew up in a time where drugs were illegal yeah you i, I mean it was i had marching orders you do not do drugs you not do not transport drugs you do not sell drugs yeah you do not there's no flying with weed in your backpack there's and now it's changed so much that you're like i mean i i feel like i feel like i feel like a like a communist must have fell when the walls when the wall fell and been like so we could just walk over to germany now to yeah. east, west germany it's just insane to me yeah when did you get you got sober what age 2012 i was 37 2012 yeah you've you've shown that video of you on the ground a number of times yeah just because god bless the girl i was with at the time she just I, there were so many of those episodes really and she just like had the camera was there and she would just captured it for who knows why but now we know why but yeah, yeah. i mean that's kind of what it yeah i know i listen to you and i worry about you <laughs> you know because you listen to enough podcasts you know the people you listen to. Yeah. But for the rest of us, we feel like we spend more time with you guys than we do with like our families and stuff. And it's <laughs> I, like, I, I spend more time with Rogan than I do my kids. Wow. And it feels like, I mean, me too. <laughs> and it just, 
And to be finally here and be like talking to you, it's like totally crazy. But um, I don't. We were you just said you said sobriety. I worry about you. Yeah. No, oh, but- I worry about you. I hear about when I heard you. There was like, I think you were talking to Segura and you were like, yeah, so guys, I'm going to rehab. And I was like, whoa. I was like, what is the no substance? I was like, man, he's in for a big surprise. Because the way I describe it is like, it's not the not having the substances. Yeah. It's the being confronted with the reason the substances work so well with you. See, for you, I, for I would you. Be, well, for I me, would, for me. No, no, I, I would be, hey, Halsam, you turn on the AC, crank the AC. I, I would be concerned to have that conversation because I know now that substances are in my life for a certain reason. Yeah. And I and I and I would be curious to be confronted by that. And I yeah. don't know if it would change my relationship with the substances. It must. It would have to. Mm. But at this point, it's it's a, you know, it's like not to say things are working well, but I'm this high functioning alcoholic that <laughs> that I, I get all my shit done and then yeah, some. Yeah. And so no one's gonna call me on it. My my I go to the doctor every nine months. And so yeah. all my blood levels are normal, my liver's functioning great. Yeah. And so everyone's like, well, I don't know, what do we say? Like, yeah. No, 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 no. You would be like, you're the one that we wish we could be. <laughs> it was like, it's but look at Kreischer, man, he's fine. <laughs> I, have you ever been to a meeting? Yeah. To an AA meeting? Yeah. Have you? Have you? Oh my thousands oh you still go oh yeah i haven't gone since covid oh yeah but i mean no that's not true that's not true i've been to uh, like three or four since covid okay but i used to go like sometimes multiple times a day because that's how you deal with it's not the craving it's the craziness it's the just insanity just like you feel absolutely crazy and like you call someone "Eh," and you start describing the problem that you think the problem is like my metro card and i bought a new one and i'm sliding it and i have a a meeting i gotta go to and he's like go to a meeting (laughs) and if you're in new york or la there's a meeting in 15 minutes 10 minutes away from you yeah so i went to one meeting one time yeah uh it was uh it was over by hollywood and highland it was a it was a I walked in and the first thing I did is I recognized a couple of celebrities and, I, yeah. and I'm so shallow. I was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. I, my buddy, my buddy, I, I don't know if I've, I'm sure I probably told this, but I don't, it's worth telling. Leanne and I have been dating for like a few months and we went and got, I got uh, drunk and got into an argument with one of her friends at a dinner and all the women teamed up on me and I got buried in a corner and I couldn't let go of it that night and then the next day and then the day after that i was still upset about it and leanne's like uh maybe this guy isn't who i thought he was now she knows i'm a little bit obsessive compulsive and so that i i sometimes it i get it it takes a second for things to get out of my system especially things when i'm when i've been when i'm wrong or i feel i've been wronged but i am wrong yeah and uh and she broke up with me and i was devastated how long had you been together just a few months, a few okay. months. But it, and when she broke up with me, I realized, oh, shit, this is the good one. This is the good one. This is the one you don't, whatever moment of clarity I had, I go, this is the one you don't want to lose. I remember panicking and then I went home and I didn't drink that night and I woke up the next day and I was eating an Asian pear on my house on Glencoe mm. and overlooking Hollywood and Highland. And this dude who used to be like a celebrity wrangler who kept celebrities sober was my neighbor really fucking stud. I mean, if you're going to get a Wrangler, this is the guy. Yeah. Tattoos, ripped, motorcycles, fucking the coolest yeah. dude in the world. What's a celebrity Wrangler? He gets paid by studios. So when, you know, when you do a movie, they bring you in and they... Like get him to the Greek? No. Okay. Kind of, but no. 
So when you do a movie, if you, you go in, they do a big physical, they do blood work, they do everything. They test everything, test you for drugs, alcohols. If you pop positive for anything on there, then you become uninsurable. And to make you insurable, what they'll do is they'll hire a guy who's a celebrity coach who, who then lives with you. He does everything with you. He lives with you. He gets you to the set, gets you home from the set, and then and then the, then you can be insured. And so a lot of famous actors, I don't know, if, I know who he worked with, yeah, and uh, and and I and they were all huge celebrities who had just failed drug tests or mm. or were uninsurable based on past experiences. And so that's what he did for a living. Coolest fucking dude. And he comes down. And he's like, "What's up?" like i don't fucking know and i had said to him a couple times like i don't know i'm gonna maybe i'll quit drinking this week and i quit drinking for a week and then and he and he was it's, you know it's what he did for a living so he was always hyper attuned to it mm. he said what's going on i said i don't know he's like uh so something i said hey leanne and i are not dating and he was like oh i liked her i was like yeah she was awesome he's like what happened i told him and he goes oh he's like did you drink last night and i said nah and he goes why not and i said i don't know man i just felt like it was the wrong place to go i was really depressed and he went, hey, man, why don't you come to a meeting with me? And I was in such a vulnerable place that I was like, okay. Yeah. And he, I was like, yeah, because I'm lost. And I'm I'm not doing anything in comedy. I'm, I, I wasn't doing anything, I felt like. Um, I'd had a little How bit of a career. How old were you? 20, no, 29. Okay. So I'd, I'd had this little bit of a career where I had some television shows and then, and then nothing. And then I was just starting to tour, but I was hosting and featuring and I wasn't making any money. And mm. I had money left over from the deals. So I had money, but it it, it just wasn't. Uh, I was just lost. I was really artistically lost. And so he took me to a meeting and we went and got coffee. Everything about it I loved. We went mm. and got coffee before. We talked a little bit. We went to the meeting. Um, it was really good. But but what had happened in the meeting was I had heard people's problems. I, I have a weird thing with, uh, with intimacy. And so I'd heard people's problems. People said their problems. And then, and I was like, these, these are real problems. Like mm. mine is this chick and I aren't dating and I, and, and then he was like, come to a meeting tomorrow. And I was like, I, I'm good. I, I was like, yeah, I didn't feel like I belonged there. I felt like when one, the, all I remember is one guy coming up and he goes, oh, I've had a rough day. And everyone's like, he's my name's Rick. I'm an alcoholic. And they're like, yeah. I'm not real name, but obviously and they're like, what's the matter? And he's like, I woke up. I sucked my landlord's dick. And then I lit his car on fire. And I was like, I was like, this is a <laughs> that real was that day. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay. I was like, that's, I'm not there. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and then everyone comes up very very welcoming and you know tries mm. to get you to you know come back and keep coming back and yeah hey man why don't i give me your number and i just was i'm very turned off by that kind of energy sometimes yeah. and so i just went back i just quit drinking for like eight months and then and in the process got leanne back together um started dating again never never wanted for alcohol never thought about alcohol and we went to europe together uh, just still dating over new year's eve and we went to vet we were in venice and it started snowing mm. and they brought out a bottle of wine and i said oh i don't drink and leanne's like hey just so you know like i don't yeah. think you have a drinking problem so if you want to have a glass of wine have a glass of wine yeah and i looked at her and i was like we're in venice it's fucking snowing the city's closed down we found the one restaurant open no one's in here yeah i want a fucking glass of wine she goes have a glass of wine so we had a glass of wine we went around venice in the middle of the evening stayed out until like midnight yeah. it was snowing it was beautiful we just made out in saint mark's square and it was fucking perfect and and fuck and it never quit man. never quit never quit again never quit again never quit again, never quit again. And, and look my, she's my out of she, she'll yeah she'll tell me she'll tell me like she'll pull the plug at times like uh like for so 
perfect example. I get surgery, right? Yeah. Uh, I hadn't drank for like two weeks because I'm getting ready for surgery. Yeah. Uh, get surgery and don't drink for like another week, I guess, or whatever, maybe. And then my dad comes over, have a couple glasses of wine, we have a cigar, and I'm my arm's in a cast, and I'm like, hey, how about another glass of wine? And she's like, you're done. I was like, what? She goes, you have a fucking cast on. You've been drinking. You haven't drank in a while. You're gonna fucking fall and hurt yourself. Yeah. You're done. And I and I could not, I could not get a glass of wine out of her. And so I just fucking went to bed. And she, and so that's why Leanne Leanne's a little bit of a bully in that way. Yeah. But she, but yeah, but look who she's dealing with. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, like, I am a fucking. But yeah, but I, you know, I think it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting because in that that baja thing yeah i could tell you were drinking yeah oh yeah because i could tell by your voice okay it wasn't the same voice i know now and then okay. i thought who my first thought was what's my sober voice sound like uh like because because you can tell when people have a drinking voice hmm. like like you're, you see your buddies you're like hey yeah. what's up and, yeah. and i was like why well, that's not the that's not the personality i know yeah and i was like oh that's so interesting this podcast is brought to you by Noom. I'm taking my glasses off because I've been trying to lose weight like crazy. They just started working. It just started working because I am fucked up when it comes to food. I don't know what is good food and I don't know what is bad food. I just know that it, it, it all of a sudden it makes, it makes things a lot crazier. Noom is here how to change how we see food with a psychology-based approach that looks at what you're eating but also how you're eating. Instead of making you feel guilty or regret, Noom empowers you to keep going. Noom's cognitive behavioral approach helps you unlearn bad habits and better understand your relationship with food. One size does not fit all. Choose your goals and Noom will personalize a weight loss program for you. 80% of Noom's users finish the program. Over 60% have stuck with their goals for at least a year. With Noom, taking care of your health is empowering instead of stress-inducing. No need to worry about ruining the whole program one day off. Noom's going to help you get back on track. All you need is a daily 10-minute check-in. No grueling early mornings or huge chunks out of your day. Start building better habits for healthier long-term goals. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash BirdCast. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash BirdCast. I'm good at editing. I'm not great at editing. I'm good. I'm competent at editing. I can do two things editing. Basically, that's what I should tell you. I can do two things editing. But I'm not great at it. If you're looking for someone great at what you're doing, you should find an expert at what you're doing. That's why Fiverr is amazing. Fiverr connects you with the best-in-class freelancers with experiences in hundreds of digital specialties and every skill imaginable to help you with any product like project, like editing. I get a real editor to do it, and all of a sudden, it looks fucking great. Uh, Fiverr's global network of on-demand freelance talent is here to help. Whether you're launching your business or scaling your current business, in need of extra support from graphic design, copywriting, marketing, web programming, film editing, scoring music, and more. Find talent to begin working on your project within minutes. It's super easy. Customize your search by service, deadline, price, seller view, even more. No more guessing games. You know exactly what you're paying for upfront. No negotiating needed. Pricing is always project-based, not hourly. Fucking thank God. They tell you, well, my rate is for a day, but this is going to take me a day and a half. Well, Fucking how much of an extra day and a half? 24-7 customer service. Reach out with any question, anytime, anywhere. Freelancers have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world. Find freelancers that are ready for you when you are ready. Find a freelance with a specific skill you need for your next project. Check out Fiverr 
com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code BERT. Find all the digital services you need in one place. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com and the code is BERT. Again, that's F-I-V-E-R-R, Fiverr.com and the code's BERT. But what was there cocaine in that video? No, it was because we couldn't go to Baja. I didn't connect the dots. But we couldn't go to Baja because my boys got well, on, nervous. On, on, on. They were all new. Most of them, the guys who didn't want to go were new. They were brand new at motorcycles. And that we were all from the East Coast. We're all from the Northeast. And this story starts off so romantic. Yeah. Can I just paint the picture? You get a flat tire in New England. Mm-hmm. And it's raining. Mm-hmm. And there's a bike shop within New Hampshire. In New Hampshire yeah. within 15 minutes from you. Yeah. And the one thing you said, which is so true. No one rides motorcycles, but for four months. Yeah. And then they go on great adventures. And the guy says to you, greatest motor tri- motorcycle trip you've ever had. And you say. I said the Alps. I said, I, well, I had only ridden a little bit. And this was my first bike that I ever, my first shifter bike with yeah. a transmission. I'd had mopeds when I was a kid. And I, but I had learned to ride in Austria on a shifter bike. Yeah. And I said, I did a trip through the Alps. I did a lap around Austria. And he said, I said, that's got to be one of the best places in the world. And he said. Yelps are nice. And I said, well, what, what's the spot? And he was just like, Baja. Yeah. And then he said, he like pointed to this little gallery in the motorcycle shop and it was just covered in photographs of his Baja trips. And the reason it's a Mecca is because it's basically a motocross track. That's a thousand miles long. And once a year people, I think the Baja 1000 is technically illegal. They race million dollar trucks and motorcycles from it's usually from like Ensenada all the way to Cabo San Lucas. Yes. And so I wanted to do as much of it as I could with my buddies. And um, I, I corralled four people said they would do it with me. We went, we got to San Diego and then people in San Diego were talking about the cartels. And what year is this? 2000? This was 2009. Okay. And they were, and they were just fomenting fear. This always happens. Yeah. It happens with anything you want to do. If uh, if you say you want to go snowboarding, you're going to hear all the fear stories. Surgery. I just wanna, got surgery. Yeah. All I heard was, ooh, you do not want to go under. And it's just this rumor <laughs> thing. It's just like a, it's like a thing. It's like a, it, it's annoying. And that's what happened to my gang. And so. I could see the fear in your, your friend with the good hair. Yeah. He had he was, just, he had never ridden a motorcycle. He bought a motorcycle for the trip. And you could see that he was like, I'm not going. And I need to convince you not to go. Because I'm definitely not going. Yeah. Well, no, he wasn't. He was going to go. He really? was going to go. He, if we had all decided to go, Scott definitely would have gone. Really? But I don't know if, I think I'd put this in, but he had a heart transplant like 10 years later after that. Not even. No, no, no. No, not 10 years later. Three years later. Twenty No, four years later. 2013, he had a heart. That young guy was born with a, like a, he had a heart, like some kind of con- like uh, congenital, I yeah. don't know the I don't Congenital know. D- defect. I, some like defective heart. Yeah. And then he got a transplant when he was like 30 something, 37, 36. And so he couldn't ever, he's a natural athlete. Yeah. His sister was a champion cross-country runner in Connecticut. And he couldn't engage in exertion, in physical exertion. Now imagine growing up in the psychology of, of that. You can't ever push yourself because it's dangerous. And so he's got to deal with that too. Yeah. So he's got to deal with, if I get hurt down there, there's no hospitals. If oh, yeah, I got to go to the hospital, the there desert. are no hospitals. Yeah. And we got this cartel thing and like, you know, the rumor thing. And the reason there's a cartel 
is because of all the fucking assholes up in New York getting bottle service, blowing lines of cocaine. Oh my God. That's why you that's said, don't why I said, do don't coke. do cocaine. It's a stupid drug. Oh my because God. It was do you all realize, the cartels. Yeah. I didn't. Do you realize how many people must have watched that video and they were like, sweet, when's the cocaine show up? <laughs> are, are they all on cocaine? Like I thought the whole time I was like, he's going to, they've been doing cocaine. That's why he hurt his ankle. Like it's uh, <laughs> the whole time. Great. I misread that entirely. <laughs> No, I hate cocaine. I've done it, but I think it's so dumb. I think it's and I dumbest. hate what I love Mexico. Yeah. Although there is a flip side. It keeps the cowards out. Cocaine or Mexico? The the the, the <laughs> reputation of the um of the cartels. Yeah. It keeps the cowards out. So the people there's like tens it. of thousands of people down there surfing, rock climbing, having adventure lives down in Mexico. Yeah. And I think it's because, and I think the it's inexpensive and doable because it's it's scary. And I've my favorite trips in Mexico have all been overland. I've driven from the Bronx to Oaxaca, which is like almost, you know, it's like very southern Mexico, thousands of that's, miles. Into that's Mexico. an interesting insight because the places that are safe, like Hawaii, are filled with yahoos or Bali. Fucking like I was disappointed. I mean, I got the royal treatment in Bali. I went and did a project with this artist named Tom Sachs and they're uh, for Hurley and this guy named Rizal Rizal Tanjung, who is he made he united the Hawaiian surf community with the Bali surf community. Wow. And uh he's like a king. He has like the most amazing house on the mountaintop and in um in bali and i just found bali to be like more densely populated than manhattan it's just thousands of scooters all the americans and 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 um and australians i mean i I mean it's a wonder of the world it's It's, absolutely beautiful absolutely wonderful but i think the point i'm trying to make is it's so easy and accessible to do especially if you're from australia that those kinds of places get overrun and they get kind of ruined and mexico God bless Mexico is not like that because there is a certain scariness because everything they show us is cartels and, and murder and they chop their heads yeah. off and they're blah, blah. I just heard a story this morning with, I think it was like Bill Burr and maybe on Segura's yeah, yeah. show. He was just with where He was talking and it was some anecdotal story about the cartels and, and it was like the scary heads on poles kind of story. Yeah. But there's, thousands and thousands of like expatriates down there and surfers there are and- people that are brave and by, by the way I, I went to cabo san lucas yeah and we did we we drove the the dune buggies that you would drive in the in the baja 1000 yeah and there were all americans down there that were like nah it's fucking you just gotta be a fucking man but don't get involved don't smoke weed. don't even smoke pot really don't buy weed when you're down there don't just be real. You got to be really respectful and really careful. That's the one thing. Yeah. And a crazy American party. Like you got to be really respectful and, and and like quiet. I I think, I mean, you you have to be, have that. You should have that cartel fear in the back of your head, but only as much to, to tamp down your, you know, just to be fucking dignified human being. Don't act like an asshole American. So did you do all of the Baja? I haven't watched a thousand. We did the whole, we ran into the, I mean, that story, there's a sequel to that footage where we, Neve and another guy and me, who were all experienced, like off-road guys, we did the whole thousand miles off-road down from, basically from uh, 
Ensenada all the way down to Cabo San Lucas. Really? And we rolled up to Ryan Berman, the guy who filmed me crossing. Yeah. The, we rolled up to his wedding and it was really beautiful because everyone had flown in from San Diego. So everyone was in perfect clothes and stuff. We pull up to the ballet parking in this five-star beautiful hotel. Oh, we man. are cu- like someone took a spray paint machine and sprayed us with dust for a movie. Like take off our goggles and there's like the outline around our eyes. Wow. Covered in dust. All moto gear. I saw your bike covered in dust and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And we go into the hotel and people are just staring at us. And we like, we go and we're like, no, we rode our dirt bikes here. (laughs) We rode our dirt bikes. They're parked right there. And like in the valet, they're like covered in tents and extra gasoline and everything. That is so. No, there's Neve Shulman. Yeah. You know, he's a famous guy. He's a catfish guy. Neve yeah. Shulman. That's, That's him. I, I, I saw him yes. and I went, how do I know this guy? That's him. I've known him since he was 19. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that. I was like, I wonder what what people you've known in the industry that have gone on to do things where you're like, where you don't even realize it. Like, yeah. people always say that about Burr. They're like, Whitney Cummings one time was like, yeah, I have a hard time being around him because he's so famous and he's such an icon. And I was like, I have no reverence for bill burr yeah. like i've just known him too yeah. long to yeah yeah yeah. And, yeah and so but yeah. i was like i wonder how many of those people you have where there's people in the business where you're like no 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 yeah i grew up with that guy we started in the same time yeah yeah there's a lot i mean there's a lot of people um coming up that that building 368 broadway where casey kept his studio in that building someone's got to do a movie about this like the people who came because you could get subsidized rent from the federal government because after september 11th that place it was like it was in like the poison zone. So we got a great studio. We got a great studio there for like way below market. And so like, so Neve had a studio across the street with his brothers, his brother, uh, his name, Ariel Shulman and his partner is named Henry juiced. And they just directed a movie that came out on Netflix during COVID with Jamie Foxx called the power project. Like they've done huge, they've done paranormal activity movies. They've done oh, yeah. huge blockbuster movies. These kids. And that they're, I mean, they're in their thirties. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, who Greta Gerwig is. Yeah. How do I know Greta Gerwig? She directs, she was nominated for Academy Award for Little Women. Oh, she's Francis Ha. She's like the yeah. main character. Um, she's like one of the gang. She's one of that gang that um, Lena Dunham had a studio for a little while, I think in that building. Um, Josh and Ben Safty, who just did uncut gems with Adam Sandler. Wow. Um, there's more, I, I forget because there are so many of, and we were all in these little studios, um, you know, on, on top of each other, next door to each other. And we bought, you know, we all worked and built all our studios kind of looked like Casey's studios. Oh, his, studio. his, his studio was something I got. So when he said he was getting rid of a studio and moving to LA, I yeah. was like, Oh, he still has it. Yeah, I know. I just He's saw there right now. Yeah. I just saw, I just saw a video <laughs> yeah. where he was like, I'm yeah. back. And I was like, you motherfucker. Yeah. So wait, talk, let's talk about riding motorcycles for a second because yeah. it's something, you know, I haven't, I, I've ride, I've ridden motorcycles. I, I don't. Do you have a license? Yeah. Okay. And okay. so, um, but I don't, I don't ride a lot. And we were, t- I was talking about buying a motorcycle. I almost bought one over in uh, Serbia. Yeah. And then I was like, and then I, I said, I'm, I want to buy a motorcycle, but for the reason that when you had the video of you driving your loop that Mm -hmm. you love to drive on on your on your 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 wife's bike no i was on my bike was that that your bike my bmw and yeah yeah, and you said you know you did the loop and you said i really love riding this loop and you talked about the mile per hour and i was like that's why i want a motorcycle is some it 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 maybe you'll explain this better but for the feeling i have 
you're very present. Mm-hmm. You, you're forced to be living in the moment and yes. you're forced to be aware of your surroundings. And it does clear your mind of the shit going on that you don't want to think of. Yes. So you get on a motorcycle and do what, what is that, a three mile loop or a five mile loop that you do? You know what? I'm going to give. Oh, please. This is the loop right here. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, I saw that and I went. It's It takes. Okay, but I can make that. Oh, okay, one of the reasons I live in Los Angeles. No shit, Bert. I think it's the greatest motorcycle city in the world. I also I, think I it's agree. the greatest city in the world. I, and I'm not alone on that. And can I tell you that I, when you were explaining Mexico, I'm so glad that so many people are leaving. I go, we're weeding out the week. We're yes. staying. Look, the yeah. homeless encampments aren't going anywhere for yeah. a couple of years, but I'm cool with it. Like yes. let's 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 make LA cool like cocaine in Mexico. It weeds out the week. Yes, 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 yes. yes. The, but what you say about the, the thing about the motorcycles, it's sort of like the thing with Mexico. Like, don't go down there and fuck around. Yeah. Go down there with respect because it's sacred. That's yeah. a sacred. There's so much, there's so many magical uh, anecdotes i could tell you from mexico for just one for just one okay just one this has happened to me okay okay um i was with my friend chloe who i did the episode about her with her, the, her kid the, was born on the boat in the middle of the pacific and is Tahiti. this the one where you're like i'm afraid i'm gonna lose this friend yeah yeah, yeah permission. Yes, yes i want to talk to you about her keep going so by I, the way i also want to talk to you about the 80 year loop that you talked about yeah, yeah there's yeah. so much i want to talk to you about oh, this is so much fun. i love doing this, this so i can do this fun. all the time <laughs> okay so uh i went and saw her in uh, New Year's 2015, 2014. And she is a platonic till we die friend. No sexuality, nothing, none of that ever. And we've had tons of opportunity. Just it's off the table because of the respect and the reverence for the friendship. I've been friends with her for 18 years. I met her in Berlin. She's the ultimate adventurer. She's the ultimate adventurer. So for those of you who don't know, pull up the video. Uh, I'm risking a friendship. I think it's called I'm risking a friendship. It's called risking an 18-year-old friendship. An 18-year friendship. So pull up the video so so everyone knows. And we'll put a link to these videos in our bio so people can find them. Because this was one of the most engaging videos. And I didn't expect to I'm find so it engaging so based glad. on the title. By the way, you got to log into my, whatchamacallit, so that we get rid of these ads. You, oh, you didn't think it would be because of the title? Uh, you I, did think it would be because I of the title. I didn't. When I, when I, I'm having trouble with titles and thumbnails, Bert. I got to tell you. Clearly. Well, the I don't one know. I don't know how to do is, it. A, is a horrible drug. It was a great title because I clicked it, but the whole time I thought you guys were on cocaine. So when you said, when it said risking an 18 year old friendship, I didn't understand what we were talking about. Yeah. And I started watching and then I, and then I, I identified with it because so often have, have I kept people's real names in my stories and yeah. used people's uh, direct stories of their lives that are intersect with me. And I, and I very quickly identified with the feeling you must have had when you got her letter back. Yeah. And I and, it, and that's why I loved it. And I love the name, the title for this. But this woman is without a doubt one of the most inspirational, engaging, like just a woman who has done it, a person. I, I say woman because she is a woman. Yeah. Person-wise. Like yeah. Oh, just yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's like, imagine if Anthony Bourdain had never had the TV show and just did his own life. Yeah. It's Anthony Bourdain without the fucking... TV show without the need for being on a TV yeah. show. She's living an authentic thumbprint of a life. And yeah. the fact that your friends makes so much sense. And the fact that this whole video was based on, I have now talked about this woman and I'm not certain she's going to be comfortable with it. Yeah. And I, I was like, I was like, okay, now I'm in love with this woman. I think she's amazing, 
but I need her to be cool with it. I need her to be cool because if she's not, I'll understand that. I'll get that. And then when she says she is, ah, whatever, of course, whatever. Yeah. Hey, man, how's your, like, just passes it off. Yeah. That's all my friends. My buddy Hutch, I talked, told a story about me, Hutch, and Harper going and doing asset at Disneyland. And I called him up. I'd already filmed it. I'd already put it on Comedy Central. It was coming out that week. And they went, have you talked to Hutch about this? And I went, do I need to? And they're like, yeah, you said his real name. Yeah. I called Hutch. I was like, bro, I told a story about us taking asset and go to Disneyland. And he goes, whatever, B, man, have a good special. And you're like, I have one of those right now. Really? Right now. Tomorrow's video. A guy, I thought he was my enemy. Turns out he was an ally. He's basically a stranger. Not really. I mean, we know each other yeah. and I'm going to see him for a long time, but you'll see the video tomorrow. And that's kind of where the, that's the direction of the video. It's like, but I, I don't have his permission to put him in the thing, but I'm going to do it anyway hey, those because are the best it's, ones. I'm really honoring him. Yeah. I'm really honoring him with this video and he's like a film guy. So he's going to think it's cool. We'll get a kick out but of like, it. I went to his house today. I couldn't find him to get the permission. I'm like, Ugh. I might go, <laughs> I might go this afternoon and, with, and find him. But yeah. Um, so you were so, saying, okay. So I'm, I'm just, motorcycles. this whole thing started you because I was trying yeah. to point out the magic, an example of magic Mexico. Right. Okay. Okay. So I was with Chloe in Mexico and her mother has a beautiful house in Oaxaca and it's this compound that 30 families built in Oaxaca. And um, it's just an amazing little like expatriate community. And so her mother goes down there for the winters and this was New Year's. And her mom is, she's a very noble person. And she knows all of the local people in the, and the, and the, and the um, uh, indigenous people. Yeah. And so she knew about this guy who had a little boat with an outboard motor and he would take you at night into the mangroves where there were the bioluminescent. Yes. And I had never, and I didn't know what, how it worked. And I went in there and the way it works is if you move, they light up. Yeah. So if you take like a bucket, so we're in these mangroves. Now we had seen crocodiles in this, earlier that day, we had seen crocodiles in this water. And so we just turn into children. It is unbelievable. It's like, it's like the, some of the, her cousins were scared to go in. She had like a younger cousin who, you know, eight, 19 or 20 years old. She was like, I don't know. And I was like, it's worth dying. It's worth dying. It's worth dying. It's fine. It's fine. If you die like this and I'm dumping buckets of water and it's lighting up and it's beautiful. And her mom's like, Chloe. And she's like, mom, I can't, I have to be here right now. (laughs) We get in the boat, we get our towels. We're driving back. And this, and okay, so that's magic Mexico, right? Yeah. And 40 minutes later, we're driving through this canal and we're going really slowly. And it's clearly this flooded canal. And there's a little island, like a, almost a sandbar, but an island with like 500 or a thousand white chairs and a big tent. And it's all illuminated. We're in a pitch black place and it's all illuminated, this white tent on an island. And there's a wedding about to begin. And we look to the left of the flooded road that leads to the island that you can normally drive your pickup. And it's, oh my God, I'm going to cry. It's these pickup, beautiful old, you know, Mexico, old pickup trucks, all of them parked on the side of the road. The road is flooded, like maybe knee deep. And the men are carrying the women through the water, across the canal to this, to this wedding. Oh my God. And that's within an hour. And that's, that's two hours in Mexico. The whole country is that 
The whole country is one of those. And if you go there with like an open heart and you don't like bring America to Mexico, yeah. you can experience, you can be in that world and live in there. That is, uh, that is, I took, I can't imagine that is, that and is Chloe's life is, was one of those after another, after another, after yeah, another. She seems to have lived a really exceptional, different. Her parents are like, her dad is an industrialist in, in, she's Canadian. Yeah. And uh, he's an industrialist. And he went to this school when he was a little kid, like the Canadian schools are modeled on the, on the British schools. So he went to this boarding school, but it was like an adventure school. And they like taught them how to do like primitive camping in like 40 below zero Ontario with no light. And he, I'm, I think he hiked to the North pole with like a spear and eight seals and stuff. Like that's something that he's done in his life. Holy he shit. had this, he has this Cessna little airplane that he once, Chloe's sister was stuck in India and she couldn't get home for Christmas. And he said, I'll come get you in the Cessna. He's flying from Canada to India. Wait, how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> he filled the whole fuselage with like fuel cells and stuff and like rigged up this system and he made it. And he like barely, if you don't make the Azores when you're crossing the Atlantic, you, you, you run out of fuel and you crash yeah. and he like barely made it. And so he had, Chloe has a bunch of cousins and she has brothers and sisters. And the dad, Scott said, first one of you to get a pilot's license, I will give you my plane. And Chloe did it in Berlin. Really? She went and did the classes and did the thing and got her pilot's license. And Holy she can shit. fly a plane. This and She's uh, going to get a, and the dad's going to give her that Cessna. That fucking is there's, there's something about you that's inspirational. Let's go back to motorcycles. You were yeah. talking about the beauty Oh, and of, so the motorcycles yeah. are analogous to Mexico in that if you are disrespectful, it can kill you. Yes. And a motorcycle is, I think, and I say this romantically, it might be true, but I just say it romantically. It's like motorcycling is the most dangerous thing. It's more dangerous, like statistically, yeah. I think. It's oh, more yeah. dangerous than heroin or firearms or warfare or, you know, uh, a surgery, you know, it's skateboarding more, yeah. or whatever. It's super fucking so many, such an incredibly high percentage of motorcyclists get maimed or killed. So you have to play those margins. Like I never, there was once, once I rode from third Avenue across the central, across central park to um, West end Avenue, which is like a mile drunk, but that's it. I never, ever, ever rode drunk. I rode because half of all accidents occur with at least one beer. That's what they say. So you cut the, yourself and you cut your odds in half. If you never are drunk. I was, I I've told this story before. I, I most, I think most people, have, I, I don't know whether or not, but I took the, the motorcycle classes. Uh, I, I rode motorcycles. We rode from Montana to Sturgis. Fuck yes. And, uh, and it was, it was for TV shows. So it, it's a little less sexy. My dad last night was like, buddy, why the fuck do you want a motorcycle? And I said, let me tell you a story, dad. I was in Crow Nation when we were hunting Buffalo. Mm. We'd just gotten off a helicopter and the sun was setting and we were done shooting for the night. And I knew that I was going to drive to the hotel and get a drink. And so I got on my motorcycle. It was an Indian judge mm. and not an Indian judge. It was, uh, it was, a uh, a victory, victory. It was yeah. a victory judge, maybe. Victory. Victory. I think that's like Bombardier. I think it's a yeah. Canadian company. And yeah. so I Polaris, said, I, maybe it is Sorry. Polaris. No, okay. it is Polaris. And yeah. so I said, I got on my motorcycle. I put my headsets in. I was listening to Wilco and I was taking off as the sun was setting and, and we were driving through canyons. Mm -hmm. So you go in the canyon, it would get cold. You'd pop out and you get warm by the sun. It was a really yeah. cool feeling. And I 
go down. And as I pop out, I pop out and it's a plateau and there are a pack of wild horses running with me. And I was running a motorcycle with a pack of wild horses. Did you cry? Listening to Wilco cried my eyes out. And yeah. I, I said, you only get that experience. It's such a great way to, to sightsee, yeah. to take in information yeah. because it's all right there. The smells. I, I won't ever think of, of like one of the most beautiful rides I ever did was oddly enough was uh, the Talladega national forest in Alabama. Okay. It's, it, it's crazy. You know, when you think of l- longitude, latitude, latitude, when you think of latitude, you go, so Serbia is like Portland, just so you know. Okay. And then if you go, and then ultimately, Alabama is a lot like places in Africa where I've been with my with my crew mm-hmm. on safari. L- latitudinally, it is. Yeah. And I go, that's interesting. And then when you go in the Talladega National Forest, you drive up to this thing and you go, oh, this is like, this is just like yeah. Africa. And you don't have to go to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times I think if you want to travel the world, find out the latitude of it and then go to find that place in America, yeah. go there, put on an album and you're there oddly <laughs> enough. And it's the same works for motorcycles. Yeah. But I was explaining that to my dad. I was like, motorcycles are they're they're It's, it's like unprotected sex. It's like, it's like, it's, 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 it's like with a stranger. It's like dangerous. It's fast. Yeah. You're a little out of control. You, yeah. you're, you're trying to make sure you're safe. And all the actions happen in between your legs. It's yeah. it fucking, I love girls love motorcycles. Moms hate them. I took my two daughters. We got a motorcycle. Uh, Travel Channel got me a motorcycle because we were getting ready to to do motorcycle stuff. Mm. Uh, uh, Fat Boy Low, uh, okay. Harley. And I had it. My wife made me get rid of it because I took my daughters on the back, very irresponsibly, bike helmets on, just down the street and turn around. Like yeah. not very in my neighborhood, turn around. Yeah. But what I did is I torqued it just a little vroom where you feel feel the energy yeah you don't feel energy taking off that quickly on a lot of things but on a motorcycle when you punch it you feel it torque both my daughters fingernails into my stomach daddy (laughs) and they loved it i put my wife on the back i give her a punch and she goes you fucking idiot yeah she was and she hated it she goes our two daughters are sitting in the front yard right now i just we left them in the front yard with their bike helmets on yeah i was just taking her down the street we could see them where we were right she goes if something happens to us those kids are sitting in the front yard and you, yeah. this is why we're getting rid of the motorcycle we got rid of it i think within a week i left to do the road and it was gone when i got back see probably because there are i say this in my motorcycle video there are motorcycle people and there are non-motorcycle people you're you right cannot convince it's irresponsible and luckily for me, Isabel is a motorcycle person, but she's the same. She's like, we don't ride two up. We don't ride two on the same motorcycle because yeah. we don't want to orphan this kid. But but you're, it's we, that thing. I, I think once you get to a certain level where you have to be really respectful, it enters into sanctity and ritual. You know, you have your gloves. You have. I have my whole routine before oh, I get on. I say a prayer. You're right. You're right. You got have you ever seen, have you ever seen Valentino Rossi? No. When he would get a new bike. Who's like, Valentino Rossi? Valentino Rossi is one of the three greatest MotoGP, which is the Formula One of motocross. Yeah. I'm sorry, of motorcycles. Um, he's like a. I think he won the World MotoGP Championship when he was like 17 or something, and I think he's won all the different classes, 500,000, whatever, superbike. He's like Michael Jordan of, of yeah. MotoGP, which moto those things go. Fa- they're so fast. Yeah. Know? 200 plus miles an hour. But when he would get a new bike, he would like hold, hold it like a woman. And he would like whisper. You wouldn't know what he's talking about. He would like whisper into his ears and like kiss it. 
It's like so, and it's like, yeah, that's right. That's what there's it is. the ritual. That thing. I I remember judging a bike if I was going to buy a bike or not. Yeah, because I'm interested when we talking about brands. You've always kind of ridden one style of bike. You like yes. more of the more of like the BMW. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember who it was. I think I don't know who you were talking to, but you were talking. It might have been Bill Burt. It Probably. Been, yeah. It might have been that. And and you were talking and you guys were out loud thinking about where you should go with your, with what kind of motorcycle you should get. And I was just yelling at the thing. I was like, get the nine T get the nine. Cause you were talking about <laughs> yeah. getting one of those R bike, those R um, BMWs yeah. that nobody likes. Cause they're boxer, they're boxer cylinders and people think it's ugly, yeah. but those things are the best bike. That was my first bike was an R bike with the big boxers. Yeah. And they've styled them now so that they're beautiful. And they have that nine T that N I N E the letter T. Yeah. Um, it's like an R 1300 R or something like that. And um, the, the thing with BMW, it's a little frustrating is that they are the best. I'm sorry. They're the best. And that's true. They're the best, but they're not the best looking enough to a lot of people. They don't think they're the best looking. Ducatis are very beautiful. Cotties are the worst. And <laughs> you can't do aftermarket stuff. Like they're at, they're like Apple. All of their stuff is from within their universe, more or less. There's yeah. no app. Like if you get a Honda, you can get all kinds of cool parts from made by this guy and made by this guy and made by this guy. But BMW is just the best. And the machines are the best. That engine I have, it's a Rotax engine. It's this Austrian engine. I be the ever living hell out of that bike for 14 years i bought it brand new in 07 that's the one it's out there yeah it's the one i brought down to baja i i swapped the wheel it's built on it was built <clears throat> to be either a supermoto a uh enduro or a scrambler i bought the scrambler and then i've had all three of the incar incan incarnations of it so i've had i have supermoto wheels on it right now well, wait, is that, that's not the bike up there no, no it's no. like <clears throat> mine's like you're, I mean, you're I on, can you're tell on you what it is, right but now. The, pictures on, won't, oh, the pictures won't do you. The one for you would be, it's called the 9T, N-I-N-E. Yeah, that. I mean, that's what it looks, bone stock. That's what it looks like. It's just like, they're, and they're so powerful. And they're, and they're also as safe as you can get because they yeah. have two rotors in the front, anti-lock brakes, those stop. Pouring rain, they're going to stop you. And they're super, super, super fast. That's what the cops in LA ride. Okay. I mean, they ride the cop with all the cop stuff on it, but you just yank that throttle super torquey and they'll just pull you out. Like those, I, I rented a rocket, like a, a, a an R6, like the race. Yeah. I rented one of those in Hawaii with Casey and I, I judge a bike and I can tell right away. And it's like your lizard brain. I remember the first time I got on one of those and I put my, I said, I won't die on this bike. And the first time I got Your on the R6, brain, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I got on the R6, and I said, "This bike will kill me." And I remember Casey, Casey and I are a very bad combination on bikes. Really, <laughs> I'll tell you a couple of stories. But we were in, <laughs> we were in Hawaii, and they're super aerodynamic. Those rockets. Yeah. And Hawaii, it's a circle, so you don't get any straights. So we got to one straight, and I the whole time I'm used to a torquey bike, like you said, the Harley you yeah. twist the thing, and it pulls you. Those rocket bikes aren't like that. They're revy bikes. The needle will go all the way to 12,000 RPM. You have so much power, but the power doesn't kick in until about eight or 9,000 RPM. That's when it starts to pull you. So you got to oh, really? rev the shit out of them. 
So I was riding it around Honolulu. I was like, I don't see what the big deal is with these things. They're not fast. It's yeah. not as fast as my BMW. And then we got to a straightaway and I revved it and it just was like an explosion. And you stay up in the night and you're shifting and you're up in the night. You're third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And just, and I look down and it's like 136 miles an hour. And then I go to stop. The front tire is as wide as three fingers. It's a tiny little front tire and it's super aerodynamic. So I'm hitting the brakes and it's like slows down so, so gradually. And I was like, I'll never own one of these. Yeah, I, I could Track only. That's it. They're for the track. I would love to ride those on a track. I would yes, love. Me I too. took I took a bike in in on the big island up to volcanoes oh man and it was fucking surreal i love how much you love hawaii i, I love hawaii i love i love hawaii because it's so set up for you to have the best time of your life oh yeah they want they their business is based on you coming back and so they never want to leave you high and dry they always want you to go oh that was fucking amazing i'm coming back with my family next year mm. i love that there's something i love having traveled i've traveled the world now probably four times i've been in a lot of places yeah and uh and i just loved i i, I consistently love how hawaii that aloha spirit mm. that like welcome but you gotta leave yeah. make sure to leave yeah. but come back you know yeah, and we'll yeah. say hello but yeah please don't live here but okay yeah and i, and I, I love the ocean I'm, I'm obsessed with the ocean mm. i think the ocean is a lot of times where i draw i draw a lot of my power um but uh but let's pivot i i i i'm gonna i'm gonna get a motorcycle just i mean leanne and your daughter's gonna be so pissed at me but like and they have all these different iterations of that engine and drivetrain see there's no there's no chain it's got a drive yeah. shaft they have all these different iterations of this bike they make like a one that looks like a cafe racer they make one that's like this is like the like a, a street fighter version and i would just go to the dealership or go online and just look at them but really I'm telling you that they're just, they're the best. They're the best, but they're not the sexiest. Um, so let's go back to <clears throat> like, brand. Look at that thing on the right. Look at how beautiful that one is. That's, that's, like, that's like a stock one. Like you can go to the dealer and get that thing. Um, let's talk about brands because motor BMW okay, seems yes, to be your okay, thing. And I, and I love that you have a pencil that you ride or die with. Pentel P209. I was going to bring one with your like name, but I no, 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 no. I, That'll happen. It'll no, happen. I, by the way, we're going to have to do more of these. I have a fucking conference call that starts at five. Okay. I got to have you back. Okay. I got to have you back because I there's too much. I, yeah. I, I really, I think, everyone knows this, but I'll reiterate it. One of my favorite things about my personality is I can become obsessed with things. Mm. I love being obsessed with things. I loved the video you just posted about, about backing out of your driveway. Because oh, yeah. I... <laughs> I, because I, I i was obsessed with i was like oh i, I want to see how his brain's gonna figure this yeah. out because i'm doing were you what math. were you was your brain trying to figure it out so when you were watching that's what i wanted so i the, wanted the street i used to, the three street i used to live on yeah was one way but people would cheat it because once you got through the one way it was it was a two-way street and yeah. but it, people would always fly up the street and it made me crazy <clears throat> it made me absolutely crazy and my cheat was i put um I, 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 I had to find a cheat code because it was making me crazy. And I went to therapy about it. And the therapist was like, can you change it? And I said, yes. And he said, no, you can't. I went, no, I, I actually can. That's how I operate. I'm going to change it. And he was like, I don't, I don't think you can. And I go, I totally can. And he was like, well, well, no, I think what you should do is let it go. I go, I can't let it go. It's going to endanger my family. I can't yeah. let it go. I'll change it. My cheat code was I bought, I ended up buying like 36 of them. 
but I bought uh, traffic cones. Yeah. And I put traffic cones in the middle of the street. Just put them in the middle of our street. Yeah. Just in the dead center. You get by each side. But what it happened was people would see the traffic cones and they'd go, oh, shit, there's something going on here. And they'd turn around and they wouldn't go on the one-way street. Yeah. And can I tell you, before I celebrate your genius of what you did, <laughs> what I looked into buying an old cop car yeah. to park in front of my house and just leave there. That's what I was going to do. Because it's so... It's the best protection you'll ever have because people won't break into your house. A cop lives here. It's, it's, by the way, it's all they need to see is the red, the black and white, and they turn. Mm -hmm. And you fixed it by putting fucking lights on top of your truck so that you could catch their attention. But more importantly, people see lights and then they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, cop! Oh, that's not a cop! God damn it!" But if that's lizard brain too. That's lizard cop brain. is lizard brain. I will slow down on the highway before I see the cop. And I listened to I listened to like everything that Jordan Peterson put on the internet, like hundreds of hours of shit. Yes. And one of the things he talks about is if you are of if your DNA comes from a place where there were snakes, then you can perceive a snake before you see it. That's so funny. I just wrote a joke. I swear to God, I just <clears throat> wrote a joke about Hawaiians. And I go, all I need to know about them is they don't have snakes when they grew up. Because <laughs> that's that that energy of like, hey, everything's chill, brah. You're like, yeah, you yeah, never had you snakes. You don't have snakes. Yeah, you don't have snakes. <laughs> You've never had snakes. So like, granted, you guys have sharks, but fucking snakes. Yeah. Like, sharks are voluntary. Shark, you don't have yeah. to go in the water. You've got to pursue a shark. Yeah. I wonder if I heard Jordan Peterson say that, and I was like, I was like, oh, and then I forgot it, and then morphed it into a joke. But, uh, oh, but so you were so saying lizard yeah. brain. So cops are lizard brain. I mean, I've been a lifelong speeder. Yeah. And um, so for me, my lizard brain will perceive a cop. And my brother Dean said, just get the lights, just get the lights and put them on the thing. And, but what I came up with just, just like what made to me, what made the project really fun was the remote switch. It and was a radio RF remote that is bomb proof. And this is what I, going said, back to brands, heavy, going back to brands. Yeah, yeah. I want things that will do one thing. And that's, is this a remote? And you push a button, it says on, it turns what, it's just a switch. It turns whatever on, yeah. on, and then off. And it turns whatever it is off, off. It doesn't have like touch screen connected to da, da. It also, da, da, da. it can also be a key. It can also, da, da. no. Your passion, your passion rang through when you, when you pulled that remote out, yeah. you, you were, you go, it's heavy. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's got one thing. And I went, fuck man, that is, that is exactly how my brain works it does yes, one thing yes. i i've not been a fan of cars since they have the uh the 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 little fob and i don't get a key i miss a key because that's my cutoff i don't buy them if you can't go to a hardware store and get the key replicated replicated that's my cutoff I got an O2 Tacoma and an 87 Land Cruiser. And I just figured out last week, I'm like, why, why, what, what's your cutoff, man? Why the hell are you? And then I had to get a laser cut key for Isabel's new Husqvarna Swedish motorcycle. And I was like, that's why. Yeah. Cause I can't just go do it. I have to have it done in Germany. Dude, you can't, you can't get another key. Uh, we lost one of our keys for one of our cars. Yeah. I couldn't get another key. They're like, just, so you know, COVID's got everything backed up. It's going to be about eight months. And I went, so you're telling me this one fob I have left is my lifeline to using this vehicle. I don't have two keys anymore. And you can't hotwire it either. You can't, you can't do anything with it. And I went, okay, hold on. I, I can't let you have me by the balls like that. Yeah. And luckily we found the other key 
and so now we have two keys, but that fobs really bother me. And it's because I, I, my daughter's called me and she's on, on our older car and she goes, Hey, the, the fobs dead. And I go, what? She goes, it's dead. Like, I don't know how to get the car. I can't get into it. I can't get. And I'm like, <sighs> like it panics me, but, but, but you're when you're the into- phrase, the spirited man from that book comes from a person who won't who 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 is who who has the reaction to that that you and I have to it. Yeah. That's where that that's where it was born. That's in the context of cars that are con- computer controlled. This podcast is brought to you by Helix. Thank you Helix for making my wife look amazing yesterday. Leanne has been running ragged. She's not getting any rest. She's up at the crack of dawn and yesterday she opted out of sleeping in bed with me and went into our guest room where we have just put a brand new Helix mattress. Leanne slept like a fucking dream. Didn't have to deal with my snoring. And she woke up and I kept saying, you look fucking amazing. You look beautiful. What happened? She said, it's that sleep. I got a good night's sleep. And it's that Helix fucking mattress. I'll tell you what's great is we took a, it's a two minute quiz to match her body type because that's who's going to be sleeping in that room most often because I snore. And it was it was made everything perfect. If you're looking for a mattress, this is what you do. Um, take the quiz. You order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door. Came right to our door, all wrapped up. It was in a box, brought it in, cut, pulled it out of the box, cut the thing, put it on the bed. Literally, I mean, it was put together in a matter of minutes, and literally in a matter of minutes. Uh, Helix is awesome. You don't need to take my word for it. They were awarded the number one best mattress overall pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix has been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as the go-to solution for improving your sleep. If I had just taken a picture of my wife's face, there were no wrinkles in it, no lines in it. I mean, she looked fucking awesome. And she kept going, I just got a great night's sleep in there. I was like, maybe you should sleep in there more often. Well, fuck in my bed, you sleep in your bed. They have a 10-year warranty. So if you try it out for 100 nights, so you can try it out for 100 nights risk-free all you got to do is go to helixsleep.com slash bert take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life um and like i said they have a 10-year warranty and you can try it out for 100 nights risk-free they'll even pick it up if you don't love it but, but you're gonna love it helix has even has financing options and flexible payment plans so a great night's sleep is not far away at all helix is offering up to 200 dollars off all mattress orders and two free pillows to our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Burt. That's helixsleep.com slash Burt for $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Go to helixsleep.com slash Burt. This podcast is brought to you by American veteran-owned and operated company, Grunt Style. I, I, when, you, when you get a podcast sponsor, they send you a grab bag. And I went on and I bought my own. I think they're called uh, grunt panties. I, they're fucking badass. They are badass. And I haven't got them yet. And when I get them, I'm going to send post tons of pictures. I love that. They literally have more, more than 200 veterans on staff. And they've taken the American fighting spirit and instilled it in everything they do. They make high quality clothes. And like I said, I went through their whole site and their outerwear is fucking top notch. And when with guys that came through the military like this, you know for a fact that the attention to detail they put into something is the thing, they don't want, no one wants their shit breaking down out on the, out on, you know, 
when you're in the military. You want your shit to work. And so that's the kind of attention to detail they put into this. And so I, I kind of trust outerwear that comes from Grunt Style. Grunt Style has humble beginnings, starting off as a t-shirt company out of the back of their founder's truck or car. And they've since grown to employing almost 400 Americans, producing apparel for workout, everyday wear, fishing, hunting, and more. They're fishing and hunting shit. Dope. Grunt Style club members get free shipping and special discounts and contests, exclusive tees each month. The Grunt Style Foundation partners with the organization that provides mental health support, PTSD, depression, anxiety, combat stress, and transition to civilian life. I've had, I've had many friends in the military, family in the military. And that transition into civilian life is very important. And PTSD creeps up on everyone, even guys who ride roller coasters. Grunt Style Foundation is an active in, in programs with, to help with food insecurities and homelessness for veterans and their families. Get an additional 10% off your first order. Go to their, go to their website, peruse their website. You're going to find some shit you love. Uh, by the way, that's not the read. Get an additional 10% off your first order at gruntstyle.com slash Burt. That's gruntstyle.com slash Burt for an additional 10% off your first order of any items. Gruntstyle.com slash Burt. I want, I, I'm dying to talk. I want, got to talk to you about brands because okay. there are certain things I ride or die by, right, which, which I go, and I don't know if I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little obsessive compulsive about things, but not like in the textbook way where I'm counting bricks and stuff, but there's certain things where I go, I find the thing I like and that's the thing I yes. wear. So like, for instance, this shirt, this shirt, yeah. I have, I have, if I, whatever shirt I find of this, this is James purse. Okay. Uh, I was on a photo shoot. I put on a shirt. I went, this is really comfortable. Mm -hmm. Leanne said that looks good on you. And I went, all right, that's my shirt now. And so I only wear that t-shirt. I yeah. have others like homage. I'm a fan of homage. Cause I think they make cool shirts. I'm a fan of, uh, like a few other brands like, uh, you know, uh, what, uh, what's the, what's the brand that does all the fight fighter and the kids stuff. They just did a big fight, uh, Roots of Fight. I like Roots of Fight. I only wear Roots of Fight sweatshirts. Like okay. I find the things that I like and I get into it. Jeans. Yeah. I only wear lucky jeans because they're stretchy yeah. and they're comfortable. Okay. And uh, sweatpants. I'm only like I, I only wear Nike sweatpants. They fit for them. I also will, will buy because my daughters bought me. Um, they bought me uh, the uh, the really nice ones that are out of Venice. I forget what they're called, but they're really comfy. Yeah. I mostly sleep in them. Okay. But I but brands I get really married to. Yeah. Nike SBs, Nike Air Force Ones. These okay. are the things flip-flops I Nike's only best selling product, by the way. Did you know that? Air Force Ones? Yes. They're the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn on my foot in my entire life. Yeah. Um they're American classic. I, 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 as far as boots, I have a, a type of boot. I forget the name of it. It's the it looks like that, but with green laces. Okay. Tig wears them. And so I but I'm like, I get very specific gloves for yeah. motorcycle gloves. <laughs> I am uh 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 oh shit i'm forgetting the name right now they're the best they're my favorite someone turned me on to them and i fell in love with them not arrow stitch no 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 see i'm a little bit of a i'm a little bit of a label whore too yeah so like i like uh moda stucca type in moda stucca moda stucca gloves are the fucking sexiest motorcycle gloves i've ever I, I first time i saw them i said i want a pair of moda stucca gloves oh, handcrafted go to find moda stucca the go to the, the to the maroon pair right there in the middle i think that's goat skin look, the they they have some of the sexiest gloves and i bought two pairs i bought a ox blood and a tan one and they're the they're really great 
awesome motor really motorcycle gloves but i love a good brand and i love falling yeah. in love with the brand and then and then and that's what i think i loved about you is like you know when you did the the video of you making that that you there was the the, the attention to detail is amazing but you know this is the best this is a sledgehammer you want yeah yeah, the, yeah 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 <laughs> and so so let's go through some brands that you go they, they're doing it right okay so victorinox the swiss army knife yes okay there is a big split there's the leatherman like the people i respect the most carry leatherman but no i this thing because it's also this swiss army knife because it's also elegant yeah it's smooth it's plastic you can engrave your name into it it's which you do on everything you do you do additions to anything you love you engrave your name in it. Usually the date you I, got it. Tom Sachs taught me that. The really? artist Tom Sachs. Yeah. A lot of our world, like Casey and my world, we came, we were apprentices to this. He's a he's a master. He is a he is a master bricolore. And bricolage is like, you know, pr- like prisoners make tat- tattoo guns. Yeah. That's a, a bricolage tattoo gun. But this guy, Tom Sachs, he makes million dollar pieces that Type are that. Tom Sachs, I can see that. S-A-C-H-S. Type so, in um, mandala, like the Buddhist word. Okay, now look. Okay, click on the blue one, please. Okay, all right. So I worked on this piece. I was a fabricator for Saks. Those are all the cal- all the major calibers are gun of gun, handmade out of stolen police barricades. All of those guns are functional guns and can be test fired. Working in his studio, he had a whole protocol about letting in any kind of authority. Because in New York City, Lil Wayne can't get out of gun possession. Lil Wayne, you mandatory have to go to prison. Oh, yeah. You get caught with a gun. And so that's like a smaller one. But that blue one, I think, sold for a million dollars. And anyway, he taught us how to, this guy who makes this stuff taught us, taught Casey and me how to make stuff and taught us his code for making stuff. And his code isn't the like, contractors union code it's like his own special thing that he's developed and um so i could like if i really got if times got really bad i could just um uh, i could you know make counterfeit tom Sachs. oh my <laughs> god and uh sell it but you know that's a that's a a, a mies van der Rohe chair made out of paper made out of foam core that chair is made out of foam core and steel but like handmade so um, when you see when you get a, a victorinox yeah, and you see it, and immediately. And Sax is a Leatherman guy. Sorry, keep oh, going. Oh, just so funny. I, that was my one hobby I did. <laughs> yeah. The uh, do you see the upgrades immediately? Like it needs, it needs, it's going to need a, like a little, a little something to hold on to it. I need to engrave my name and the date I got okay. it. Like I can tell you, yes, absolutely. Okay, so first you need a little lanyard like this. Yeah. Which I use. I call it the old glory. It's just. It's called. Oh, what's it called? It's a special kind of ribbon. Gross. Gross. Gross grain. Gross grain. Gross grain ribbon. Uh, I think this is like three quarter inch or seven eighths inch or something like that. So this is a lanyard in case you are like on a boat yeah. and you need, and it's like life or death. If you drop the damn thing or you're out in the middle of wherever and it's like life or death, you're high up. Yeah. You need this. And also you can yank it out of your pocket. And what I love is I already know that the ends are burned so it doesn't fray. That's right. Yep. And then there's a little slot right here for a pin yeah. that fits in there. I replace it with a needle. Because you can use a needle as a pin, but you can't use a pin as a needle if you're no, in a you jam can't. and yeah. you need to sew something. Um, what else? This one is a bummer. It's, this is a bummer. I I lose these like everybody else loses them. These Swiss yeah. Army knives. I 
The reason I get this Swiss champ is because it has pliers. I broke mine. Oh, wow. Um, but you don't really need to do that many hop ups to this. It's pretty much perfect. I write I, my name on it. I got so my that, daughters. I got my daughters each Swiss army knives in Switzerland. Yeah. And I had, uh, I had their names engraved. That's in the them. only place you can do it. And they still have them and they love them. And, and I remember now, now when we're, when we're talking, because I'm a big knife guy, another knife I love. And I was taught this by film dudes with spider co yeah spider co spider co guy he had like a contract he did like a, an edition with them NASA, for real all white and then that hand engraved like this nasa type in type in, i gotta see his Sachs, spider co s-a-c-h-s spider co yeah there you go see guys like this guy Sachs. There it is. oh let me see bro there you go and that's his editions you see how i've stolen a, his aesthetic no it's great it's i love that i love that and you guys also do that with putting stuff away you'll you'll label oh, yeah, you're yeah, really yeah. good at, at your organization yeah is fucking that i think comes from living in new york, from working with sax and living in new york city because in new york city like you gotta be organized you have no space and the space you have is every penny you can manage to scrape together yeah and you can only have it's like camping living in new york you can only have the perfect few you know i live i have Okay, so I had this apartment that I got. I inherited from Casey, who inherited from a, my ex-girlfriend's cousin who left New York after 9-11. He got scared. Yeah. And so my brother got this apartment, and then we bribed the building manager with cigarettes and $100, and I got it. And it was it's still $400 a month. Really? It's on the Upper West Side, 144 square feet. There's a bathroom in the hall. It's 12 by 12. Bert. Yeah. It could be in a museum. It's so good. Okay. It's me for 20 years. Every fucking square millimeter getting it perfect. And there's just a wall and ephemeral wall of just little, like little, you know, my little like diving pass from Bon Air, or like a ticket from split Croatia or like there's stuff from Chloe. There's like when they remember the gates in Central Park, yeah. those orange gates. There were people handing out little square samples of the actual fabric. There's one of those like tacked to the wall. So there's this wall of beautiful stuff. And then it's like journals. I haven't paid rent since November 2019. I haven't paid rent, but it's only like five grand. That I yeah. yeah. Them. <laughs> I, I want, but there's time. a moratorium on rent. So I'm just like taking advantage. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? So what are the brands? What about clothing? What about, okay. Like so Carhartt, the double knee ones that come not washed, not broken in. You have to cut the, I have to cut the um, hammer loop off. Cause it'll get caught on stuff. Yeah. It'll get caught on my motorcycle. It'll get caught. So I cut the hammer loop off. Other than that, they're perfect. And the 30, 30, two thirties i think i write down the date on the pocket on the inside and i write down the size i think they're 32 30 so they I might be 31 30 write down the date i have a body that they fit perfectly after you wash them yeah and i'm just very very lucky that way so i have i mean i just they i wear them until they start getting holes then i throw them away i don't repair them because it's too much yeah. work these boots i got these are swiss military boots from the 70s I bought like five pairs of these. I gave two pairs away and I've had these since 2006 and Good. they've had so many souls, Vibram souls. Oh, by the, I, when I learned that you could get a shoe resold, oh, it was a game changer. Oh yeah. I had these great fry boots. They were, yeah. they were, uh, uh, not conductor boots. They were uh, engineer boots. Yes. Type in fry engineer boots and they were awesome. And, and I, and I would wear, I wore them every, I wore them so much. And then I, I remember telling the like, 
well, shit, these fucking boots. Yeah, they yep, were fucking that's awesome. That's Scott Myers wears. My buddy, the guy from the Baja movies, he wears those. I, I still have a yep. pair. I ended up <clears throat> losing this pair. I lost luggage one time. Oh, do you? I'm a big fan. I found a. Okay, I'm not rich enough to have the right. I know it's Kimoa or whatever. Ramoa. Ramoa is. What, hold on. Now, now let's be. So I've, I found. I found a, a set of luggage. I still have yeah. the the thing. They stopped making this luggage. It was Kirkland, the okay. kind out of Costco. And my wife got it for me. And, and I'm a little bit of a label whore. And when I got it, I went, it's Kirkland. And she goes, yeah, it's it's actually really good luggage. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but it's the Costco luggage. Like I should yeah. be, I, I'm on Travel Channel. I should have nice luggage. And she goes, honey, it's good luggage. I got two bags. These two bags traveled around the world. And I started putting stickers on them anywhere oh, I go. I, love that. I still yeah. have these bags. I won't, I won't let her throw them out because I the memories I have with these bags I love them. Then I got a Ramoa bag. And I'm not shit on Ramoa. It's what I use now. But the first Ramoa bag I bought, it was like, I want to say it was like, um, I'm sure I'm making this number up. I want to say it was like $1,300. It was so expensive. It rolls like butter. I mean, the wheels on it are fucking through the roof. And my other ones, they didn't have the great wheels like this. Yes. But the first day, it got stolen. Because anyone who knows anything about luggage goes, Yeah. all right. if That's a rich person. It's got Chanel sunglasses in it's it. gonna have rich people yeah. shit in it and it got stolen and so i was like i'm done with ramoa i ended up getting a present ramoa present and what i did is i i ripped the fucking ramoa thing yeah. off and i covered it in stickers i gave my daughter's uh paint pens and i said destroy it yeah. color all over it, make it look like shit and so they did yeah. and it's never been fucked with which brings us to toyota okay toyota my first car was a toyota and this land cruiser that i have now it's it's isabel and my land cruiser yeah she bought it I paid for the maintenance, but I'm about to put a 30, I'm about to put $30,000 into it. I'm replacing the engine. I'm buying a brand new Cummins 2.8 R2.8 turbo diesel engine in it. And I want the sleeper truck that I can drive. Cause the dream, the, the project that I'm working on right now, that like the, 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 the um, my channel, you'll see this start yeah. to unfold now. It's already, I've already started the plot for this, but I'm, building this truck so that we can do these big overland trips through down to Mexico. Cause I really want my son to have a relationship with Mexico and I want him to uh, have a relationship with people from points of view that aren't like American. Yeah. Like, Cause it's a very America is this weirdly uh, there's just so many resources here and you lose something when you gain convenience, right? There's just almost too much convenience here. You're right. And so when you go to Mexico, you it's like, a very brilliant statement. They have their like, am- they have like, a, uh, there's just such a beauty of it. it they, I, and I want him to see that. And I want him to see poor places. And I want him to not feel fear because he's in a poor place. Cause I used to feel that. Cause yeah. I grew up in Southeastern Connecticut, which was like, I grew up in the poorest district in Connecticut, but it's still Connecticut. And I used to, when I went and visited my friend at Seton Hall and I got lost, I was on my way to uh, East Orange, New Jersey. And I got lost in one of those like, like, like very urban centers. I hadn't yeah. lived in New York yet. I remember feeling scared. And that's like, that's fucking racist. It's, it is. And it's, and it's, and it, and you can't help it. So, yeah. and all of a sudden you're going, so wait, where, yeah. where is this coming from? Yeah. I, I've that's happened to me. And you see like garbage in the street and you see weird, scary things and graffiti and, and, and chaos and you ought, and you, and you click into fear and it's like, no, 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 that's not fair. That's not right. You, there have nothing to fear. Yeah. It's just your point of view is so rare if for a human being on planet Earth in 2021 that that 
your your physical body is accustomed to a certain degree of ease. That's and it. anyway, I want I want to I want to pull that. I, I don't want my son to get that kind of complacency. Well, no, so I, 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 Mexico, he'll experience the magic and the, you know, I guess like lack of resources. But that's like no, a no. Way you to said you you say so much stuff that I find brilliant that I I'm trying to remember it. Lack of convenience. Whatever you said about lack of convenience creates. It, whatever it is, I, I forget what you just said, but it's so funny. What? Yeah, it is it, when we were in Serbia, we didn't have anything at our house. And yeah. and so we would have to go and get, if we wanted to get coffee, we had to go up the street, or if we wanted to go to the store, we'd have to go to the store. And the store wasn't like they were in America. It was like, it, it was like if you wanted, ve the way vegetables worked in Serbia is you had to take them, you had to weigh them, you had to get the price tag, you had to enter it in the computer, get the price tag, and then all of a sudden, I was like, well, I'm, just, I'm not going to fuck with vegetables. But then one day, I wanted avocados. <laughs> and I was like, I really want avocados. Yeah. So I went up, and I, and I ended up having a great adventure. Yes. Adventure to get two avocados. Yeah. And, I, and, I, I, and it's like, what was fascinating about this adventure is that I bought two avocados. Never in a million years in America have I ever bought two avocados. I put six in a bag. I don't even yeah. worry about it. But I knew that I could find avocado. And if it didn't get too complicated, <laughs> that I could get my two avocados. Yeah. And it was it was a side of my personality that I haven't seen in a long time where it was like, Oh, I forgot. Like I backpacked through Europe. I, I've, I've traveled the world. I've gone, I've done this stuff, but all of a sudden you get so complacent yeah. and like, and like getting your, get, not doing shit for yourself. It's a brilliant statement. And I, and, and, and a sidebar, I've often thought with this few videos you've shared uh, with your son and, but, but the kind of guy you are, your son's going to be so lucky to, to have a dad that goes, no, 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 no. Let's figure it out together. Yeah. Uh, I was like, like just the fucking idea that you, the sunroof you had in your thing that you're like, hold on, this should work. And then I'm watching you going, oh, this is a kid. Unlike my daughter, where I go, we'll just Google it and then pay for it to be delivered to the house. Yeah. Like you're going to, your son's going to get a dad who goes, no, 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 no. Your bike tires flat. Let's fix it together. We're not going to take it to a bike shop. I'm going to show you how to take flips yeah, flat. Yeah. Such a cool, cool lucky dad lucky kid that he gets you as a dad i want to be rich like everybody else but i don't want my kid to know we're rich i heard i heard um fonda peter fonda yeah talking about because i he i live in topanga canyon and yeah. he went to like boarding school in topanga canyon and he talked about his dad was was henry fonda yeah it was like a multiple academy award winning super famous back when movie stars were like kings yeah guy and he's like i thought my dad was a gardener Cause all I saw him do was just work in the garden at the house. I didn't know he was this big. <laughs> and like to a certain, you can trick the kids at oh, a certain degree. Like da, 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 my da, daughters, da. my daughters were under the impression that we did not have money and that I didn't have a job for a very long time. And I said, how old were they? Uh, I, older than I was comfortable with. Yeah. I want to say like fifth grade. Yeah, sixth grade, fourth grade. My dad doesn't have. And they said, "Yeah, you should. Like you should get it." They literally said, "You should get a job." And I went, "I have a job." And they go, "What do you? What's your job?" And I said, "I'm. I work on Travel Channel. I'm a comedian." And they go, "No, Dad, traveling around the country and partying is not a job." And I went, "Hold on, who do you think makes the money?" And they're like, "Mom does." And I go, and my wife didn't have a job. And I went, well, "How does mom make money?" And they go, "She by paying the bills and you know being on her computer. That's how she pays for things." And I was like, hold on, you guys know I, you know, I get paid by Travel Channel. And they're like, you get paid to ride roller coasters. And I was like, I, that's my old show. Like I get paid to go. They're like, you, you dad, you don't get paid for this stuff. And I was like, it was mind blowing to me. It wasn't until we saw, I signed a, a deal. I remember I signed a, a deal 
like a legit deal. Uh, by the way, this is fucking recent. And I explained to my daughters, hey, just so you know, we just signed it. We, me and my wife sat him down. We said we signed this deal for dot, dot, dot. And so it was like a nice moment. We're like, we don't really have to worry about money this year at all. Yeah. Or like next year, we, we're like, for the next two years, we're pretty solid and we can now buy a new house. And this was a while ago. And they were, because we looked for a house forever. I followed this. I mean, yeah. I remember this. I remember you talking about, I remember you talk, saying the thing about how do you think those brace, where do you think the money for those braces in your mouth come yeah. from? And yeah. they were like, I would get so irate, Bert, hearing oh. this. I would get so mad. I'm like, you have no idea what that man, you know, like, yeah, like no, <laughs> that man went through. Oh. It's not like you just get up there and you're naturally good just, at it. They just said, they go, who, who are you podcasting with? And I said, uh, this guy I'm really obsessed with. And they go, what's he doing? I kind of showed him your, your, Page, I said, it's really awesome. And then I said to them, you guys should get a podcast. I said, you know, just so you know, if you guys want to do a podcast, I'll I'll set it up and we'll, we can do it. And they're like, why would we want a podcast? And I go, well, I, go, I think it would be interesting if you had a podcast. We could probably get it monetized um, pretty quickly. We could get your views up. I'm, I'm sure people will watch it. But more importantly, I, I go, it would be fascinating to go into college making money. And they're like, making money from what? And I go, from a podcast. And they're like, you make money from a podcast? And I was like, are you being serious? <laughs> Where do and they're like, mom doesn't make money from her podcast. I go, yeah, mom's podcast is bullshit. I have a fucking, I'm like, I'm a legit, I've been in this game nine fucking years. And they're like, I didn't know you made money from it. I was like, you thought I just, I just go party with, and they're like, yeah, that's because, you know, we do like this, we do a live stream for New Year's Eve and I just get blackout drunk, come home and they're like, yeah. oh, great. Yeah. Dad was working. Sure. What are they going to, what's their interest? Have you figured it out? Have they? Did, Georgia is a, they Georgia's a really great writer and a really great, artist in in in, yeah, in but, the sense okay. that let me rephrase the question yeah. what is what interest do they have that will that they can generate an income from because they ain't making money making art and they ain't no. making i don't care how good of a fucking writer they are I, if they are a standalone writer and they're like i write for a living they are not making a living i told them i told i told them they should be, i told isla we were we were at a you're oh, a good writer I, i'm a good writer but yeah. we got all this other bullshit we got to do to sell the damn words on the paper i, I, I said to, i said to both of them I go, you, someone's got to try stand up because you guys are too funny not to try stand up once and george was like i'm never doing it and i goes i'm never doing it we were camping yeah. this is the way their brains work we were camping yeah uh <laughs> there's a fire it's 10 o'clock at night which is late for camping right i've had a couple cocktails and we hear a gunshot <laughs> Yeah. in the middle of the night where are you georgia okay and we're like whoo, everyone looks at each other like holy shit it was a gunshot and then we hear another gunshot yeah. and isla does not miss a beat and goes well we know we know it's not a suicide and i <laughs> that's went, amazing and i was like what like your brain just I, i'm gonna tell it on stage i'll tell yeah. it i'm gonna get yeah. i'm gonna make money telling that idea yeah why don't you just fucking cut out the middleman like yeah. you just do your stuff just give her 50 bucks yeah georgia's georgia is interesting I don't know. I think she's going to end up on the business side of the entertainment business. Oh. Working, yeah, like I think she'll be an executive somewhere. Like your wife. Yeah, like she, Georgia's, Georgia's very, um, she respects someone that has a job. Okay. Like she doesn't, I don't think she really gets me or yeah. like Segura or Burr. Yeah. Like I think the, the first time she met Bill Burr, she was like, I said, he's a comic. And she goes, who, who would pay to see him? And I was like, a lot of people, like millions of people. She goes, she goes for real. Like what? There is, like, aren't enough tickets. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and they, and they were like, is, is he funny? And I was, they said the same thing about Tom. They're like, so Tom's funny. And I go, it's hilarious. And they're like, I don't see it. 
And I go, hold on. But isn't Tom not, like an uncle to them? Haven't they yeah. known him for 10 years? Oh, they've years? known him his whole life, but he's not. Like, if you meet me, yeah. you go, oh, I get it. He's a comic. He's loud as fuck. You can't stop talking. He ripped his shirt off. He's in his Speedo. Yeah. Okay, I get it. You're a comic. Right. Tom and Bill are just regular human beings when mm -hmm. they meet you. And they're not trying to be funny. They're just being themselves. Yeah. So my daughters are like, well, we get that you're a comic because you're shirtless, loud, yeah. in a Speedo, drinking beers. But these two guys that just walked in and said, hey, girls, how you doing? Yeah. It's good to see you. They're hey, decent Leanne. human yeah, they're beings. They're decent human beings. Joey Diaz, they're like, oh, we get that he's a comic. I was just going to say, Joey Diaz, what about Joey Diaz? Uncle Joey's a comic. We get that Uncle Joey's a comic. Yeah. They're like, he slipped Papa marijuana. Uncle Joey's definitely a yeah. comic. Ari, uh, sadly, they absolutely loved Ari. They both loved Why sadly? Ari. Because they hate him now. Like, they hate his guts. Because of the Lakers of the, thing? No, because of the... No. <laughs> Oh, he drugged me in my backyard. Yeah. Oh God, I was really upset about. Yeah, they that. were really. They, and it bummed. That's the only thing. That's the only. I think the only L Ariel accept is has a hard time accepting is Isla. Genuinely, genuinely, like had a crush on Ari. He thought she thought. Like I walked in one time and they're talking about deodorant and how they apply deodorant and I went, the two of them by themselves yeah. at, a, at the kitchen table, and they're like. I was like, no, you cover it, right? And Ari's like, yeah, you cover it from like here to here. And she goes, yeah, it all, I mean, they're talking. And I go, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And they're like, deodorant. And I was like, dad, Ari agrees. You put on deodorant wrong. And I go, no, you just put a little bit. And she's like, no. And the two of them, and Ari would come over, he'd get off the road and he'd come over to my house. He'd do laundry and we'd go for a hike. He'd come back. We'd hang out. We'd do a podcast, have some drinks. He'd come back. Like everyone, Leanne had issues with Ari for always, but yeah. the girls loved Ari. Yeah. And then after that drugging, they georgia's georgia hates him and isla just went it can't be him he's too good of a guy i went uh, nobody's perfect we're all human beings <laughs> nobody's man. perfect but the, but i remember i got a text from him i was sitting at the table i yeah. get a text and i go oh and i quick to reply and georgia takes my phone and she goes don't talk to him i went what she goes dad let me ask you a question if i had yeah. a friend who drugged me yeah and possibly put my life in danger and yeah. i was texting with them would you let me and i went Oh, but you're a child. So I go, yeah. I go, up. yeah. But I go, it's it's hard to explain, baby. I go, he didn't mean to kill me. Like, and she goes, yeah. you could have. And I was like, whatever. It's because yeah, you were on like you were on your blood pressure medicine. I mean, I remember this. Yeah. Like these, think about uh, these the way, podcasts. So they're so, so deep. Shocked that you have listened to anything I've done because I fucking have binged everything you've done. I when I was talking to Isabel on the way over here. I'm like, I feel like kind of a psycho because. When I'm on my run, listening to you guys, I love like that you. I love the video you did about running. I love that you did your video about running because I don't enjoy running. On, like, I and I and I go, I do it. But you were talking about the way you do it, your ritual of doing it, and it was just all of it made so much fucking sense. By the way, we've got to wrap this up. I have a I have a fucking conference call that starts in 13 minutes. I haven't gotten to talk to you about the fucking 80, 80 year loop thing. Oh my God. That's my most successful video. And so wait, it's not can, even my idea. It's just a book review. I, I know, but but do you realize all I'm seeing is that 80 year loop now? My whole worldview is through that filter. And that guy is still, you can YouTube that video, the guy who wrote that book, you can YouTube him like in 2017. And he's he's talking about like, he's like, the thing I'm worried about now is that there will be no crisis. He said, with these crises, they're like a fire that comes through and fixes every, you know, burns yeah. all the shit. And then you got to reinvent stuff. Can you stuff. explain that real quick? Okay. The, the, just surmise it for anyone. And then I'm going to have to do another So there's this book you. that came out in 1997. It was written in 1996. It's called The Fourth 
turning. And it is about how history repeats itself. And history repeats itself in 80-year blocks, roughly 80 years, about the, the duration of a human lifetime. So within these 80 years, you have 20 or so year turnings. So the first turning is a high, which is 20 years. The second turning, there, that's just well, that's putting rocks down. The second turning is a um, uh, an awakening, and that's 20 years. The third turning is an unraveling, and that's 20 years. The fourth turning is a crisis. So right now, we are in a fourth turning. Okay, so start with the beginning of America. The first American fourth turning was... Um, Eight, uh, seven, it's uh, seven. I've I got the numbers okay. so that it works up. 1780 signing of the con constitution and the, and the, um, and the, the American civil war, 1780, 80 years later, what happened? Uh, civil war. No, is that 19 civil eight, war? Eight, 80 eight, years eight, later, 80, 80, 80 okay. years later, what happened? That's world that, war two, world war two, 80 years later, what happened? COVID. Oh my God. But we haven't even gotten to the crisis yet. We're still in what's called. We're in the depression. So the depression is the, is, is the catalyst that leads to World War II, historically. Yeah. And so we are like COVID is this, like, we're going to start changing things right now, but some fucking major crisis is happening. China. We don't know what it is. China. It's been total war for the last three. And I pray like every day that it's not some total war. I hope to Because God, I, we, I don't want total war. I don't want it. I don't want it. And I think maybe it can just be, uh, you know, maybe it, it manifests in some kind of like information. The internet gets wiped out. I can live with that, and we have to oh, reassess how we do that. everything. Oh, by the way, let's, no, let's you be wouldn't the, love it. It's the internet. How we make our living. Oh yeah, yeah. What am I talking about? What am I talking about? Oh yeah, I need the internet. Oh fuck, I need the internet. Oh my god, I was just thinking of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. God damn it. But so, it's it's basically civilization shifting. You know what? I you know what you know what happened? What we got after the Great Depression. We got an electrified nation. Literally, we got electricity ubiquitous in America. That's what they did with their yeah. like bailout. God. And the guy who wrote the book said, "What will what is probably going to happen now is we're going to, with the newest technology, we haven't since the depression, since all those projects, we haven't built really anything. We, you know, the Empire State Building is a hundred years old. It's from the nineteen thirty or something. Yeah. And he said, "We're gonna. There's gonna." There, we America is going to start building stuff again, like China is building stuff. But China's anyway, building this stuff book, in Serbia. This book explains how the, this. It's your most successful machine, video, but this, it this was history thing works. It was the one where I was like, I got to get him on the podcast. Like, because I, I texted oh, with I, so cool. I had Casey on here. I was like, I'm fascinated by your brother, and he was like, Yeah, he's a really interesting guy. And I was like, No, I, I really. And then I saw that video, and I was like, I got to get him on the podcast. And then I just started. I mean, binging you. I mean, oh, there's man. not a video I haven't watched. And and they're, they're very, you know, what you're doing is not the prototype vlog. It's a very different form of storytelling that's so more elevated for YouTube that in, after my surgery, I was watching you again. I think it's when I texted you. I, I don't know when I texted you. I think it was I texted you about these. But every time I find something, I go, God, I wish Van was here. He could figure this out. Like this morning. This brace they gave me after my surgery yeah. is cheap and it's bullshit. And these things pinch me. And I just so badly was like, 
I just wish I could just send the brace to Van and just have him fix it for me. Have him wear it for a day and go, oh, here's what needs to happen. Those things. I just bought three more. I just bought three nicer ones yeah. and hope that one of them fits. Yeah. But like a little bit of an upgrade to something is such a, I love it. I love it. And, and I got to have you, I have, a, I have a conference call starting in seven minutes. I got to have you on the podcast. I, I love how close out. you're cutting it. I, I'm, I know. I'm like, oh, I, I, by the way, what I'm doing right now is I go, I want to go out and see his bike. I want to walk him out. I want to take you in. I want to introduce yeah, you to Leanne. That's okay. Like, well, I'll be back. This means I have to come back. Yeah, I, I also, there are, I had all these questions, like all this stuff when you're on your podcast and you're like talking to whoever and you're like, I'll tell you off the air. Oh. I have like a whole list of like, what? So blah, 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 blah. What By was way, that? What I'll, was I'll that? Tell you I know you'll tell those. me. And I'll I tell you. I'm a vault, but yeah, so. we always bleep uh, name. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Is it usually him? No, but he would love to hear his name on a podcast a lot. And it, well, the day he finds out it's him, he's going to be like, why the fuck me? Why me? And I go, I don't know. I just get a kick out of it. That guy's a genius. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, dude, this has been a pleasure. I got to have Likewise, you back. This Keep doing been, what you're this doing. This is a big turning point for Keep me, Keep doing man. what you're doing. And, and everyone, I, I really tell you, if, if you like being a fan of stuff, yeah. like myself, you're going to be obsessed with this channel. It's a spirited man. It's Van Nystat. It's, I love that you guys explained how to say your last name. It's nice tat. Like if you, hey, that's a nice tat. And I've, I've, I'm sure I've been saying it wrong my entire career. His brother, Casey is the guy that really changed my business. The way I looked at business in, in, and autonomy and, and doing your own thing. And, and, to, and to know that you were the one that kind of inspired him to, to get into what he's doing, to do what he's doing. You guys had that great show on HBO, the nice tat brothers and, and and now to hear about this guy Sachs, it's like well, I now wish- the shoe is totally on the other foot because Casey is like it's almost as if he's my pro bono manager. Oh, he's- like he'll call me and be like, "Do such and such isn't like these little tweaks." He told me explain the whole thing about YouTube, like fundamentally. He knew what I didn't understand. Like I didn't know that you what you're trying to do is get a lot of subscribers. I didn't know that. Oh, I yeah. thought you're just trying to get a lot of views. And he's like, he said a YouTube subscriber is worth a hundred Twitter followers. Yeah, I, and by the way. You've got what six hundred right now, six hundred thousand, four hundred and five thousand, four hundred five thousand. Well, you're making a because you started your channel what like April, April. So you're making yeah. a huge fucking gain on that, and it's Thank and God. I'm telling I've you, I've got a lot of allies like you. You're, you're, <laughs> Thank dude, you, dude. Any, anyone I anyone I can turn on to you, I do because, like I said, you're just a very unique person, and the world would benefit with more people like uh, you. That's- and, and I feel like I gained something out of watching you. And if, even if it's the smallest thing, like like going in and organizing my garage and going like, I, I should take a second. I should take a second. By the way, there's a I, there's like these little things I want you to do. Like I want you to do Sunday. I want you to do a Sunday meetup with your fans. Sunday project meetup. Oh, this is another thing I was going to bug you about. I was going to be like, what should I make? Because you're not going to come up with this fucking shit every week. Dude, oh, I, I want you to get a group of guys together. I want to be a part of it. Almost okay, like, a, okay. like a book club. But we go to like we go somewhere and 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 it's almost like I a- wanted to do one on one with people like you who are like like that we all know and then like you have something broken like the thing I go to your house and fix it uh, make I- for my channel and then you pass me on to the next guy I would I'll, I will You're make like, that oh, happen so and so has a broken blah 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 and then he passes me on to the next guy. I will make that happen if you want to do something like that I will find the thing because it's all over my house right now where yeah. I'm looking at things going. Going, this needs this needs an upgrade. This needs a yeah. I, I'm, That's why I built that repair station in the first 
video. I, I tell you, can so I, tell I you? could go to people's houses and just bring the, all my tools, not yeah. all of them, but all the ones you need and improvise little like, because that I've been doing it since I was a little boy. And now it's gotten to the point where they have a, like a touch to them. The repairs are almost like a little sculpture. Yeah. You well, I, well, one of the things I wish you had is I wish you had almost like a shopping list on Amazon. Like, I don't know if you can do that. Can you do that? Uh, yeah. Like a shopping list on Amazon where I go, where you go, these are the things I like. I'm going to start. Do, I want to do toolkits based on the project. So like the shelf toolkit, what do I need for it to build a shelf? I mean, when you. I got four minutes. Uh, oh, you but, do. You have but, four minutes? but like the when you when you w- opened up your little thing to fix things, I, I just go like, I mean, like. I changed my charging stations. I started going and I was like, I was like, yeah, you need, you need everything to work. You need everything to have a home and everything needs a little place and Mm. everything needs its little identity and, and to organize. Unless you're smart. If you're really smart, you don't need any of this shit. Don't I'm dumb. If you're smart, you don't need to, you know where your keys are. You don't lose your keys. You don't need a key rack by your front door. You're smart. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. And I'm not, I'm not. And I, and I find myself, I find myself going like little things where I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like f- uh, my buddy made these things called uh, Dinkum systems. Mm. They're really great. I don't think we have any here, but they're a clamp and then these beads that you can bend yeah. and then you can put, you know, they've got a, a what is it? A half inch, quarter inch yeah, screws quarter inch. so you yeah. can screw things on. And I kept Dinkums everywhere and I, I put them in all the rooms so I can put my phone on it so I can watch TV on my phone. I just found out I could watch YouTube. Kind of like my- a gorilla pod. It's, it's, it is identical to a gorilla pod, except it's just a clamp and the the arm. Okay. Um, we used them. He worked with me on tri. He's my touring. He's my touring cameraman when we yeah. do tours. Um, but I I have dinkums everywhere, and 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 I I fucking love them. I, I I'm telling you, I I, I got to have you back because I'm Thank not you. done. Talking I want to you. come back. I love it. I, I love that. I fucking do this. This is like an indulgent thing. Like you're not oh. even really supposed to talk like this because it's just too much talk. It's um, but I love doing it. And and, and everyone it's also has therapeutic. To oh, it's very therapeutic. Everyone go check out Spirited Man. It's on YouTube. Van Neistat. It's I'm telling you, you're gonna binge it like I did and fall in love with the guy and then get excited when something breaks at his house <laughs> and go like, ooh, I can't wait to see how he fixed this. All right, in future episodes, uh ideas coming from Burt Kreischer. So I will hit you up with my problem solves where I go, I need help. Okay. And we'll do do it together. Fantastic. Done. Fantastic. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.